Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, place about games, friends, and getting better. My name is Ben Hansen. Thank you for being here. I'm joined by the one and only Batters Up, Jenna Garcia. Yo, what's good? I played baseball when I was a kid. That's right. We talked about it on Wii Sports. Uh, we're also joined by Sarah Pudzorski. Hello. Welcome, Sarah. How are you doing? Good. I didn't play sports as a kid. I feel like that's kind of obvious, though. What about, like, you seem, if I may, um, I don't know, like, you probably did, like, um, what's it called? Gym flipping stuff? No, like, uh, not ballet. What's the thing? <laughs> Gymnastics. No, 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 really? no. I took a lot of dance classes, but I can't ah. touch my toes. Okay. Well, you know, it fades with time. We're also joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hey, debut of my not in a closet anymore. Yeah, what is this? Have you well? secretly been building a secret recording mansion over there? Kind of. Yeah, we had this. I like we went crazy. Like I put up walls, <laughs> oh, and hear that. painted and put up a drop ceiling and put down oh. flooring. I have like a proper office now. I thought what we were seeing here was like morning Kyle. You know, like oh, I don't know if y'all ever have like recorded in a context where it's like so early that everything's different like yesterday when i streamed like out of like respect for being early is is how i would i had like no lights on except for my main elgato light right so i was just sitting in darkness with a key light on me like it's kind of fun change the mood i can also it's the, for the audio listeners won't do it but I, it's a standing desk so i can oh goodbye that's check it out on youtube okay. that's when he makes such a bad joke that he can have the camera like just shift away from just to try and get him out of frame i think that's funky kyle congratulations oh that's Dana's uh, doing it too oh my gosh what the hell Everybody's. I guess I can manually do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is a big episode of the Min Max Show podcast. We're very glad you found us on YouTube. You can always subscribe to the audio version for free on your favorite podcast app. We'd appreciate it. Or if you listen to the audio version, check out the YouTube version. All that fun stuff. Uh, this is this is huge. This is um, the second E3 is upon us. It's happening <laughs> in early September. I don't know what happened in video game publisher boardroom meetings across the globe over the last couple of weeks, but everyone just said, fire, fire, fire everything we've got! And so it's just been nothing but presentations, showcases, game reveals. We have enough in here to to eat for an entire year of podcasting about games. So there is a lot to cover, because we had the big Nintendo Direct with a ton of trailers, ton of reveals, all that fun stuff. We had Sony State of Play. They said, yeah, we'll do that on Tuesday as well. Try and stop us. Then TGS is ramping up, and so we got some Yakuza news because of that. There was Ubisoft Forward. Who can forget that? Uh, let's see, it's the fall, so Ubisoft falls forward. That's how you remember that. So that's in September. Uh, so that was on Saturday, and then on last Friday, there was the Marvel Games presentation with even more games. Announcements outside of that. Um, on Wednesday, there's the Microsoft uh, ID at Xbox showcase. Um, we have not seen that yet by the time we're recording this, and so we apologize if we're not covering that news. It seems like Deathloop's coming to Xbox based on some early reports and all that stuff, so that's very exciting for more people to get to play that great game. So we're talking about all that stuff stuff that I'm going to be talking about. Splatoon 3, Kelsey Lewin's going to join us later on in the podcast. Uh, the uh, self-proclaimed greatest player in the world at Splatoon 3, so we'll see uh, what insight she has for us there. A lot to cover. My God. Uh, Aaron Yu writes in over on Patreon, and they say, hey everybody, another Nintendo Direct has gone by with no Wind Waker announcement. Do you think it's ever coming to the Nintendo Switch? Yes. <sighs> no. Okay. It'll come eventually. This is the confusing take, is a lot of people were surprisingly down on that Nintendo Direct, 
But you look at the headlines, it's like, I think there was a lot going on in there. I think it was impressive, but I think expectations were high. And Sarah rolled out of bed at the crack of F yeah. just to <clears throat> see. Yeah, just the for Wind Waker. Yeah, just for Wind Waker because Jeff Grubb, at, at least I, I didn't listen to the full episode, but the headlines Grab were like, fork. yeah, Grab the headlines <laughs> were like, hey, Jeff Grubb is reporting that absolutely we're getting that Metroid Prime remaster. Absolutely. We're getting that Wind Waker port to switch. This Nintendo Direct is coming. It's going to be juicy, everybody. Uh, and then it turns out uh, no, no Wind Waker reveal on Switch. So it seemed like that kind of tainted the industry to have a negative perspective on this Nintendo Direct was my take on it at least. That's so that's like how when that game is how old now? It's 2003. like I love Wind Waker. <laughs> really? I want it on Switch, but like why get disappointed about a 20 year old game not coming to a new platform? Like I was I, disappointed but not because of Wind Waker specifically. I mean obviously that was a that's that's an that's an L every time, but also I've been taking that L for the last since the Switch came mm-hmm. out. So it's like okay, yeah. well mm-hmm. It would be weirder if you had it at this point. Same with the Metroid thing. Like, that's been so rumored. And then it ends up, you know, and this is no, like, shade to Jeff Grubb specifically. Because right. I, I, I think, think spot many on. people yeah. have talked about, that, like, the Metroid stuff. It's like, how much of it is a rumor and how much of it is a wish list thing? So I think also a lot of, like, Switch rumors, and this is more from, like, fans than, you know, media, I would say, in terms yeah. of rumors. Um, and then there's also that blurred line between, like, media and, like, random leak man 87 said that this would be here. Wait, what did he say? Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, it's like a horrible name. Please don't search that up. But um, <laughs> it wasn't just that. I, I wanted something that was, like, crazy hot fire from this. Like, I wanted something to wow me. And while we did get the Breath of the Wild, well, not Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Tears of Kingdom? I don't know. You were so close. You were so close to just proudly <laughs> proclaiming of, the biggest okay, reveal of the week. Tears for Fears, which was a dumb joke that I made immediately, but now it's like, when I think of that game, I think Legend right. of Zelda Tears for Fears. Okay, That's not just, the name of the can game. We, can, we just pause it? can we just pause it for a second, Janet? I want you to get back to your point. But Kyle, I think we should have like an official, more proud declaration of the big reveal for the name for the sequel to Breath of the Wild. So Kyle, do you just want to throw it out there as if it's art? Just have at it, please, sir. One, two, three. Hell yeah. They announced that the Breath of the Wild sequel is called Tears of the Kingdom. And I think that's a fantastic name and I'm very excited. It still sounds sarcastic. We'll work on it in take two. But sorry, Janet. You were, what do you, you want continu- from me? I'm you continu- very excited for Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom. You're continuing Tears your point, Janet. Tears of the Kingdom. Now, it sounds still sarcastic. But it, like other than that, which is a big deal, but it's like, okay, you showed me another angle of a game we already knew about and you gave me a date that's fairly far away. Yeah. Like there wasn't... I think for the volume of stuff they had, because they had 40 minutes, like of if, if this is like a 20 minute showcase, I think it would have hit a lot more impressively. Yeah. But given that it was 40, given that it was so samey with like a lot of the uh, farming uh, angle. Let me just let me just cut you off right there. I understand it. There's little pockets. There's weird expectations. But like this is a Nintendo Direct. That was 40 minutes. Wham, bam. Tons of announcements. Fire. A new Fire Emblem game. Fire Emblem Engage was revealed. Miyamoto got on stage, quote unquote stage, just the white room, revealed Pikmin 4. Revealed that GoldenEye is coming to the Nintendo Switch with online multiplayer. There was a ton of other little games announced. New Bayonetta 3 trailer, remaster of Tales of Symphonia, and a new trailer for the new Legend of Zelda and the name reveal. Like, that is, that's solid B-plus Nintendo this Direct has territory. Been, yeah, but a B doesn't allow me. Probably the best Nintendo what? Direct for me. You guys are crazy. Since Animal Crossing. <laughs> or, well, I guess this, since <laughs> Animal I mean, both Crossing. Both can be true. Both can be true. <laughs> Wait, so, Sarah, this is this was your jam? This has literally been the best Nintendo Direct since the Animal Crossing New Horizons era. Wow. They said, you are going to eat good today, and I thought that I was just being blessed, and then I realized it's because it's been 10 to 20 years since all these games 
came out when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. And now it's like dawning on me. Like my mortality is weighing. It's like my time. Yeah. Oh, that's but, interesting. Finally, you can be happy. Yeah, because like we've been serving so mm -hmm. much 80s nostalgia for everybody yeah. for so yep. long. And now it's like the new generation. If you have peak nostalgia for like 2002, 2003, get ready, everybody. Yeah, it's finally it's coming for me. And that's in the form of Tales of Symphonia. Was that your biggest uh, surprise? Well, for Tales of Symphonia and A Wonderful Life was a huge Harvest Moon game yes. for a lot of people. So to see it being brought back and sort of like, you know, because that was the game that if you wanted, you, it first came out and you had to play as a boy. And then you had to buy it again if you wanted to play as a girl, which I did. So we got the Pokemon, you know, got to buy both copies. Mm -hmm. So that I'm really excited for. And then we got Ib. Okay. If the 2012 RPG Maker horror game? This is, I thought this was really interesting. You were like, what, Ib? And I had no idea what this is. But how? what is Ib? Is it well known? Like, Janet, have you heard of Ib? Ib is a cult classic horror game made in RPG Maker. So it's like Ib uh, to the, like, I think it's like to the moon, Witch's House, okay. um, Corpse Party. We're all early RPG Maker games, all coming out of Japan. They are like pixel sprite top down horror games. Yeah. Um, and th this was like my like Five Nights at Freddy's, like the era of RPG Maker in like from like 2000, 2010, 2012. Right. So it's like this is like a deep cut. And I never thought I would see Ib again. It's really weird. Yeah, to see something and that just gets such a big reaction from you. It's like, I have no idea what this is. That's how we know that the generations truly That's are moving on. That's how I feel yeah. every time you know, get excited about something. I'm happy. I'm happy for a slightly younger it's generation to finally be happy. Tales of Symphonia, a game that uh, I played and loved back in the GameCube. It's cool to see that remaster coming. Um, it, got, it didn't look... Uh, I was expecting maybe a little more visually from it the remaster. the same. <laughs> right. It's gonna Maybe be with a UI update? Yeah. So it'll be cool to play that game again. People are screaming for a deepest deepest dive of all that and all that fun stuff. I will say that this was the direct where I was... Re I mean, you kind of always know that the Switch visuals are lacking, but... Yeah. Like, oh my god, when the tunic frame rate hit, I was like, yeah. is that framey? And everyone's like, yes. And then when that Sifu thing hit, I was yeah. like, yo, <laughs> this machine is is chugging a lug like, around I, this thing. I am I was totally floored. with you. I think it also coincides with like loving the Steam Deck as much as I have recently, where it's like Switch. It's like, ooh, it's feeling longer and longer in the tooth. That said, we'll get to it later in the show, I think Splatoon 3 looks fantastic. And I think the trailer, yeah. at least, for Tears of the Kingdom looks so good that it's like, well... If you know how to push the buttons correctly from the developer insider perspective, I mean, they're nailing it. Fire Emblem almost looked... Yeah. I was like, this looks like better... This looks like new harm. Yeah. Like good Fire Emblem looked, I thought. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Fire Emblem Engage is the name of the, this new thing coming January 2023, which uh, surprisingly quick turnaround for this thing. Um, but... Um, the main character has red and blue hair and then alternating red and blue eyes. Looks like Martha's coming back in a big bad way. Um, is anybody here a big Fire Emblem person? Okay, look, mm -hmm. we apologize. We apologize. Don't light us up, internet. Don't light us up. It seems cool. Until Fire Emblem Red and Blue. That's we all right. Get into yep. it. Please check it out, everybody. But it's cool. It's always exciting to see a new Fire Emblem out there. And, um, you know, the name Engage... Sarah, you were in localization. Do you think they're playing with that more because everybody just wants to marry their husbandus and waifus in this thing? So. I don't. I don't know. I probably not. Okay. That would be coming oh, out with like the wedding collection, right. For Fire Emblem Heroes, right? Uh, let's see, Kyle. Real quick, we should talk about Goldeneye coming back. Yeah, 
Uh, Very was, exciting. Yeah, what was your reaction Sarah's to that? Sarah's time is over. <laughs> I just want to talk to someone about Ib. <laughs> we, hey, we've toured Ib. Everything there is to say about Ib. I did Ib. think that, that looked cool. I didn't know it what it does. was, Sarah, but I was excited when I saw it from like a, Janet. a first time seeing it, but I had no idea of the backstory. So, But yeah, for, uh, to get back to the important things, um, Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I cut his mic. <laughs> um, no, I mean, for me, my reaction was like, gee, finally. Like, this thing has been teased forever. Like, there have been so many attempts to bring back Goldeneye, and they've all been just, like, supremely disappointing. Yeah. Like, hugely disappointing. Like, Goldeneye on the original Xbox, Rogue Agent, was just, like, a terrible first-person shooter. The remake absolutely missed what people wanted from revisiting And Goldeneye. that was the remake with Daniel Craig, right? Yeah, which and is like such a first weird level of piece solid. of Bond history. Yeah, yeah, and it was just not not what I wanted from Goldeneye at all. All I want yeah. is just the original Goldeneye flaws and all, just like with a better frame rate on a modern console. I wonder how and, it's going to run. Well, the thing is, is like I think the Switch version is just going to be a direct port, right? Like, like not even like a, of the sort of the ROM, so to speak. It's mm. just going to be available on the N sixty four. Well, I guess it's not right. Like, I, I guess it'll be. Up like a proper game with online That's play a, exclusively on Switch, which is very strange. That but the is the weird. But it will be on. It will be through that NSO kind of right. packaging, though. So yeah. yeah. But then, but the, but the more exciting announcement was Rare tweeting just as it went live that it's also coming to like Xbox. And I love the idea that but it's, not if with you, the online on Xbox, well, without That's, online, which is a funny wild. thing to say. But I don't care about that. I don't yeah. want to play Goldeneye online. I just want to have nostalgia and replay the single player campaign. There was like a a user made mod that came out recently that updated the controls and gave it like a 60 FPS frame rate that um, it was just a mod that somebody made that you could download and play. And I played through the first level of that and I was like, I love this. This is yeah. all I want. I want this on a console. I want this as an official release and it's coming and it's very exciting. And I'm sure revisiting that game will expose its, its many problems and it will feel very dated, but just purely from nostalgia. I that's, I probably played that game more than any other on my N64 with the exception of maybe Ocarina of Time. Yeah. I probably played more perfect dark, but I have so much love for it. And I get the angle of like, well, it'll be, I get the frustration of like, I would like to play the 4k version of this with online multiplayer. It is a weird age that we're in that like the Nintendo version has better online capabilities. And I don't know. Well, has them period. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. It's just such a better might thing. not be the, the qualified. What, what do you think no. it is? You know, we're not a businessman over here, but like, do you think it's something about like, well, we get dibs on the online side of things and you can't do it because know. we originally had the game on our hardware. Like, I, I can't imagine it's out of laziness from Rare's point of view who's actually no. doing this. And the cool thing is that if you have Rare replay, they're going to patch it in, which is, yeah, I think, a really great. cool idea. And then it's also going to be on Game Pass. Um, so super excited to revisit Goldeneye. Uh, we'll have some multiplayer streams in the studio because Sarah and Janet, do you have any love for the good old Goldeneye? Where would that come from? From Where playing it and um, feeling joy in your cold, no, dead heart. No, I played heart. it for the first time when I was like 20 or 21, okay. and I did not like it. <laughs> totally I know. Get it. Why would you? Totally <laughs> get it. Okay, totally see, get you, know it. What, you know what? I'm going to say it. Thank you for for saying that, because so many people are like, oh, well, you know, instead of just being like, yeah, to be there. It's like, yeah, why would you? If you there. play that game in the modern era, it's not exciting. No, no, not It is all. only exciting as a poor key to a time before you had to pay taxes. Right. And that's fine. <laughs> like, go off, y'all. I mean, it's like, also... It's, it's there's a historical relevance thing to bringing shooters to consoles and playing yeah. a good shooter with a controller for the first time and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, if you 
I mean, we I think we did a bit once where we had a, a young esports player back when we were you know early. <laughs> did a in, bit. I don't know what else would you call it, Hanson. I mean, we yeah. the joke was that we gave this Call of Duty you know esports player Perfect Dark, and he just didn't even know what to do with it. And it was, was yeah, like, you can find it on Minmax's it. YouTube channel. He's in the old Minmax basement. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go one v one against this pro Call of Duty player, but it was in Perfect Dark in the '64, and <laughs> kicked that little kid's ass. It was very satisfying. It's the only time I've been happy in my life. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I, I love Goldeneye, but also I like to keep things in perspective that like we all love Goldeneye, but deep down. We just really liked our friends in fourth grade. That's really what Gold and I, I love. Means, I actually, know? I mean, I it's a weird like not me necessarily. Like yeah. for me and my brother, it was about playing the single player campaign and all the different difficulties and trying to defeat them in a certain amount of time. Like it was an interesting game in that, like at, at least at the time, it was an early example of like, all right, you're set in a three D environment and you have things you have to do you can do them in any order right you you can like go kill everybody and you might not be able to beat the level because you didn't complete all the objectives like it was interesting to just be let loose in this area with a checklist like that was a style of game that i at that point i hadn't played right Um, right. so that was that was the exciting part of goldeneye for me yeah um janet uh what was your biggest thrill from the nintendo direct what haven't we hit yet i think um Maybe Pikmin 4, because yeah. especially because it had that lead up of like, OK, Miyamoto's here. And then it was like it was such like I got like twisted and turned so many ways. At first, I'm like, Miyamoto's here. Everyone shut up. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I love this man. Um, and then he's <laughs> like, we have a movie. And also the Universal Studio thing is dropping, which I do care about because I live in L.A. Yeah. And I was like, cool. But then, like, literally nothing else was said about it. You didn't show me no picture. Like, I was like, OK, we'll just this is literally just promoting it then he's like by the way pikmin but bloom and i'm like man do they really yeah. do this like are they really gonna talk is miyamoto gonna tell me about pikmin bloom right now a game that's already out that i'm not playing but my download because i liked miyamoto telling me to go outside and walk um so but yeah and then they showed four and it was like okay this thing exists it's been a lot it's been one of the longest time coming things well yeah in the history of time it's bizarre because yeah Eurogamer had a story in 2015 where miyamoto said quote it's actually very close to completion uh talking about pikmin 4 pikmin teams are always working on the next one nintendo then confirmed the news to Eurogamer in a separate statement saying we can confirm that pikmin 4 is in development but that is all we can confirm at present so the fact that they said in 2015 like oh yeah we're basically done um, you know, who knows how many times it's been upended and rebooted and all that fun stuff. But okay, from the pitch for Pikmin 4, it's a very simple teaser. I was curious about the way that Miyamoto was framing it. Sarah, I don't know if you have more insight into this, but he's like, he said, oh, we're going for kind of a simpler game this time around, thanks to the Switch. And the easy thing to understand is like, oh, look, the camera can go down closer to the Pikmin's perspective. Which is like, okay, I can understand that. But then he said something about like Dan Dory. Which they said they had like a new strategy. Yeah, but it was like some Japanese word. But then it was in it was just like a, a word in Japanese. Right. Okay. So you didn't have gr- a great epiphany from that, knowing Japanese or no. anything. Okay. No. Um, yeah, that'll be exciting. Uh, especially just you know, I finished up Tiny Ken uh, this last weekend and really loved the hell out of that. Um, and so I'm I'm in the mood for Same. some more Pikmin. So yeah, 2023 is when Pikmin Four is coming out. Well, there's also there's like um where they showed that I, I can't remember the enemy's name like sleeping against a fence and there's yeah. like a clock on the fence like that is leading people to theorize that's like maybe the the timer is being dropped 
or oh it's my like god, that would make me so happy. That would be interesting. Wild. I mean, that's that's why Tinykin is. I mean, one of the reasons Tinykin's fantastic. I loved Tinykin. I also yeah. finished it recently. But one of the things about that game is it like takes Pikmin mechanics and just lets you explore. And it's mm-hmm. it's lovely for that. I I think the reason it's taken so long is because Miyamoto just finished Tinykin and he's like, we gotta do this. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right, dude. Um, okay, star of the show for the Nintendo Direct. The big the big closer at the end of this fucking thing. Pokemon uh, Stadium too. Pokemon Stadium. Oh, did you know that Sarah various never... day life? <laughs> Hang on. If you bash the good name of various no, day life I... on this podcast, Kyle. I love that name. It's it's so I can't believe we weren't talking about it more. Honestly, yeah, what a name! Does anybody remember what Various Day Life is? No, it looked like I just a remember game the name. That you just did like dailies in. Is it the it one with like the a city thing that he would run back and forth on a horizontal city map, and you would like do quests? Yes, yeah. It kind of looked like okay. Is it kind of like a fantasy life type thing? Um, but yeah, Various Day Life. It's it was shadow dropped. It's a new RPG from Square from the producer of Octopath Traveler. Um, and it's just, it's another reminder of Square, what are you doing? I think we had that as a segment on the podcast a while ago, just like trying to wrap our minds around Square. And this is another example of that. They've just been, I know it's stupid to say that Square has been pumping out RPGs, but I feel like over the last couple of years, it's just been like, gotta, 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 like I like Square and I cannot keep up with just even the names of these games that they've been pumping out, if I may. So the point is, Various Day Life out now on Steam and Switch and you go about and do your daily activities and it looks like a fine little RPG thing. But just, Kyle, if I may um, run through all these. So 2021 from Square Enix, we saw Voice of Cards, Dungeon Encounters, Neo The World Ends With You, Bravely Default 2, ton of other stuff. But that's just kind of like that B to C tier, you know, Square releases. Upcoming, uh, we have... You. I'm sorry. I mean, one of the greatest <laughs> games from 2021, Bravely Default one 2. One of the A to C tier releases. <laughs> Once you start it, you can't stop it. It's so good. Uh, upcoming from Square, we also have the Diofield Chronicle, Harvestella, Valkyrie Elysium, Tactus Ogre Reborn, Crisis Core, of course, Octopath Traveler 2, Star Ocean, The Divine Force, Forspoken. They have just been on a roll releasing these things. And now we can throw various day life into the mix at well. I do want to check it out. Maybe we can talk about it on the podcast next week, but truly one of the greatest names of all time for a game uh but kyle um outside of that uh should we get to the star of the show now for the Let's way it, they man. close this thing out tears of the kingdom <sighs> did you know this was a new zelda trailer right when it started or did you think it was yeah. okay you didn't think it was like a wind waker thing or the porch or anything like that no i mean breath of the wild it has that sort of familiar similar sort of uh, not not it's not tapestry but like that kind of art that shows this like you know many soldiers on a battlefield it, it just right. was very quickly breath of the wild for me yeah okay walk us through it uh give us your full thoughts on the trailer what what struck you uh what struck me i mean it was it's that that the showing i, I i'm just gonna call it a tapestry again but that tapestry. stuff is really interesting to me just in terms of like what is happening here? What is the history? Why, you know, what do these images mean? Why are there seven symbols around this creature? This kind of has like a little bit of a Majora's Mask look to it with like uh, air, like, uh, I don't know, spikes like uh, like underneath the eyes and stuff like that. Yeah, you seem to think on Twitter, at least you thought on Twitter once that uh, it was hinting at like seven dungeons, maybe. Is that just the easy thing? You see seven icons in a Zelda game and the murals. OK, that's probably what that means. Yeah, I mean, Ocarina of Time had seven dungeons I, th- I think or seven seven is like you know a, a recurring number in zelda and like i feel like a i feel like one of the breath of the wild complaints where there weren't enough core dungeons right so that i could see them sort of adding to that but that yeah and then like 
the gameplay, of course, is fascinating and interesting. Um, as someone at GameSpot who is like, did their sort of the Zelda breakdown actually put the the diving animations side by side with Skyward Sword? Yeah, and they're they're like I they're literally identical. Oh, that's kind of like fun. to the point where he's even turning his leg a little bit in the same way. Like, and that and you know, not to dive too deep. Oh, thank you, Kyle, for cutting yourself off before you dove too deep on that because I don't think we can handle how you'd possibly do it. I think Kyle was going to say, and I don't want to dive too deep, but I will say uh, lazy devs, recycled animations, <laughs> and you might get your head out of your ass. Oh, no. Yada, yada, yada. Um, There's I a relevance see- there. Oh, oh, yeah. oh Kyle, uh, you were gone completely. Cool new setup you got. Um, you said, I don't want to dive too deep, but what? Oh, I, I I was just saying I don't want to like get into the the weeds of like like breaking down the little minutia of the trailer and like you know what is that that thing that he's carrying on his hip like you yeah, know you can the, do it. he can collect something like uh, what's that big giant tattoo on the landscape in the background that but is like weird yeah all that stuff is just like I love that stuff well, and I get really excited about it and like it's like even getting this like I don't know was it thirty seconds of like gameplay and a title is like. Enough to keep me going and excited for a long time. In you're gonna, terms of just, yeah, you're gonna keep breathing um, exactly, on planet Earth yeah. for this. Yeah, like you know, we saw what looked like just another example of the use of time and reversing time in this game of like that boulder going up. So that's just a weird idea of like, okay, so if something's falling, then I can just grab onto that and then reverse time, and that'll lead me up to where that boulder fell from. That is the part that has me most excited for this. Is more of that kind of immersive sim physics play box area because like. If what they've been hinting at is true, brother, uh, like, and you can just reverse any object, like the playground that that'll allow for is just going to be absolutely bananas. Uh, so I'm very curious to see how that all goes. And then it seems like one of the big reveals from the trailer that I don't know if it hit as maybe hard as maybe they were expecting, but it's like, oh, there's a flying mount, right? Is that how you took that thing at the end, Kyle? Yeah, I don't know what to read from that. If it's like a platform that you can sort of land on as your um traversing between the the upper and the lower areas yeah i don't know it's really cool it's very um it's very nausicaa in the valley of the wind like uh which is like there's always these ghibli things especially in breath of the wild like more so even than other zelda games but that one especially stands out it's like oh that's that's nausicaa's glider right there it's weird that like it doesn't um that it doesn't have a lot of personality you know it's like you think if there's going to be a glider like a flying mound to breath of the wild you think it'd have like a little bird's face on it and be like good idea link or just say some standard zelda that's, crap right well that's why i wonder if it's just like a platform that they're kind of all over the place oh that'd but be interesting i don't know yeah yeah uh janet what do you, what do you think about the trailer anything stand up for you um not necessarily only because i don't have a deep enough understanding of the lore to like catch those in the weeds things yeah. but as soon as i as soon as it hit i was like YouTube about to go crazy. Like oh, the Reddit, people on Reddit are like, like write that down, write that down. Yeah. Which I think, you know, is a testament to how much lore there is and also how excited people are for piecing together things and dissecting things. Um, so yeah, nothing other than like, you know, you see link drop in and I'm like a hundred links drop into tears of classic, the kingdom. Classic, Tears of for, the kingdom. kingdom? Think, no, it's you like breath, it in the first time. breath of the wild, tears of the kingdom. It's not Breath of the Wild, though. No, I'm saying it's the same structure naming-wise, like of the. Just remember that it's oh, that yeah. same, ah, same format. Okay, you know? okay. Um, I'm sad that the acronym isn't good, though. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's like... Talk, it's not talk, Bot talk. W. It's... Yeah, we need that Bot W. It's, it's a lot to try and wrap our minds around. The Tot K? T-O-T-K? Yeah. T-O-T-K. Um, it's a... It, it's... 
you know, being a dork for this stuff, I was so excited. Like, we streamed our reactions if you want to check it out. But just that moment of, like, end of the trailer, Legend of Zelda on the screen, and then everybody's holding their breath for, like, show that name, show that name. And they finally do, and you have to really digest this. Like, Tears of the Kingdom. And Sarah very quickly pointed out, um, they're like, oh, this is why they didn't want to show it in the UK, the Nintendo UK version of the Nintendo Direct. Because it is odd they said they weren't going to show it out of respect for the queen. Where it's like, okay, I guess, sure, we get that. I know a lot of British media is on hold and all this stuff, but like the fact that it's called Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> it's like, that's, it is odd timing, right? What are the odds? What if are I the was, odds? I've had these moments happen too in gaming when you want to release something and then something like this happens and it all just falls apart. But it's like, yeah. you, you really start kicking yourself. You're like, what is this universe working against me? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and everybody was up in arms about like, oh, they said that the name was going to be a spoiler, and now we know the name and it's not really a spoiler. And it's like, well, I was going to remind I people. I think Link's going to be battling his survivor guilt of sleeping for many years while the kingdom burned around him. Mm. <laughs> I think he has a lot to answer for, honestly. I think that I mean, there could fair. be something there. Um, but yeah, like if you go back and find that quote of when they said it was a spoiler, that was like Bill Trennan over at Treehouse, uh, not Treehouse, but I forget his exact title at <clears throat> Nintendo these days. But he was saying, just talking about it in general, like, well, you know, we haven't revealed the name. Typically, Zelda names can be spoilers. I don't think it was as big of a quote as people remember it as. People take it and think back on it like it was a Numa being like, if we dared whisper the name of this game, you'd know everything about it. Right, Kyle? I mean, also, also its relevancy to the sort of theme of the game isn't going to be apparent until we're actually playing. Yeah. Like, there might even be a point where you're like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there. Right, right. Uh, but uh, it's coming up May. Coming up May 12th, 2023, which is honestly a little bit later than I thought. I thought it'd be like a March thing, just like Same. Breath of the Wild. Um, but Do you guys think that that's going to land perfectly? That they're, the delays are done? I think oh, so. God, I yeah. would I would hope so at this point. It's been it's been enough time. I think we're ready to finally play this thing. I mean, it's this is a pretty wild gap now between these two. Uh, um, but I do I do yeah, I feel, wild I feel pretty wild. It's a, a kingdom gap. of a What gap. was that? What was that? It's emotions. I'm feeling them. Uh but yeah, oh, we forgot to mention um speaking of the weird coincidence for Tears of the Kingdom and the Queen and all that stuff. Um it is weird that it, with Goldeneye they said coming soon. And the reporting, again, from Jeff Grubb, because when he's right, he's right. Um, he was saying that GoldenEye was in development, but they were holding it because of the war in Ukraine. Um, and they didn't mm. want the, the Russia-centric plot of GoldenEye to be out there. Um, so maybe it's kind of in that same holding pattern as Advance Wars now, where we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, there we go. Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, hot damn. Uh, anything from Nintendo Direct we didn't hit that people are excited about? The Pokemon games coming. Yes. The Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. Like, genuinely, I am excited about that. I thought, and again, like, I didn't hate this Direct. I just didn't, it wasn't an A for me, and I right. only really get excited for an A. because um, <laughs> That's a every, bad a way to live your life, be, Janet. Well, because a lot of things are, like, fine. Like, you know, sure. like, a lot of things hit that B level. Like, I want to see what's going to be the thing that we talk about for, like, the generation. And I don't think this was necessarily that, even though it had a lot of, like, a couple, a couple of highlights. Yeah. Um, but... When they were like, hey, we're talking about Nintendo Switch Online, I was like, please don't give me that whack stuff. Like, give me actual, you know what the hits are. Please play your hits. And I really think they did in this. Again, mm -hmm. GoldenEye isn't a me game, but I acknowledge that it is an iconic classic title. Um, and I feel like they really brought out great games for it. You know, we got yeah. Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. Uh, the Mario Party thing is a little bit awkward in the era of Mario Party. I want to say Superstars, but that might not be right. 
No one on earth can tell you the name of the most recent Mario the, Party. The it's, remake, it's you know, Mario the remake Party of the Tears games. of the Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could forget. Um, Mario Party Tears for Fears. Um, yeah, but I'm really excited. Like, I genuinely still play Pokemon Stadium. I yeah. have my N64 set up on my main TV with the, um, God, now I'm blanking on the name of the company. Oh, man. The company that makes those little adapters. Eon. Eon Gaming. Oh, yeah. Like, adapters where they, you can put in the HDMI cable, which I'll still use that, but... To be able to play uh, the Ecans ring toss with the controller that isn't <laughs> so stiff that the joist, it's like, okay, do you want the bad controller or the yeah. really bad controller? Because they're like old used N64 controllers that I got from a random store and the hardware is really worn down because someone didn't take care of them. Like, that's going to be revolutionary. And also, I never played Pokemon Stadium 2. So this Ooh, is like a great... It's, good. it's a great mix for me of, like, stuff I played before and stuff I haven't. Yeah. Also, shout out to the Mario Kart update as well. Um, especially yeah. with tour tracks. I think Mario Kart Tour, like, even though I didn't... I'm not a big fan of the game. Like, it's not how I like to play Mario Kart. But when I did play that game briefly, I was like, man, some of these tracks are really beautiful. I'd love to have them in the main game. And the fact that they're pulling from that is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So the N64 games. Uh, 2022, we're getting Mario Party 1, 2, and I believe 3. And then also they revealed that 1080 is coming, except by 64, Pilot Wings. I, I'm rooting for Smash Brothers. I think the original Smash Brothers with online play will be a really fun little cultural event. Um, and I've been playing a lot of Smash Brothers because like we have an N64 hooked up as well. So I've been playing with my nephew a lot. And it's fun to play that old game. But um, the greatest thing in the world is, yeah, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. And Sarah has never played the mini games from the Pokemon Stadium oh games. Oh my god, they're so this good. Is, I, if I knew that it had been only like, I thought, when I saw it in the background of the videos that you made me watch, I was <laughs> like, is, what yeah. is that? I was like, that's not what I assumed Pokemon Stadium looked like. Oh, it's good. Yeah, this is yeah, for... Kids Club. The song's a, a banger too. It's so oh, good. It's like I'm there right now. Oh my uh, god, so get ready great. to fall asleep with drowsies versus drowsy. The drowsy oh. v drowsy rounds, when you eat that sushi as licky tongue. Yeah, the licky tongue ones. It's fire one all up. the way down. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look forward to those streams. We'll do them at some point when that thing comes out. Um, then, everybody, on Tuesday, they also had the big uh, state of play, um, where they started out with the big reveal of Tekken 8, uh, <laughs> which I've never seen more particle effects in my life. Uh, than in that it's Tekken like too 8 trailer. Much water. Yeah, where they say that, hey, this is all uh, in-engine. The matches won't look exactly like that, but we're kind of giving you the overall feel. Um, but it's continuing the storyline, which Harada always likes to brag about, is the longest-running video game storyline is the Tekken storyline, technically, which is a fun idea. Um, so uh, there's a weird moment in that fight where it's like a close-up of a muscle, like getting like twice as big. It's like a very Dragon Ball muscle moment, but sure, it is. If you haven't seen that trailer and you want to see more lightning than you've ever seen in your life and more rain and smoke and wind, it is just like, how can we make a next-gen fighting game? I don't know, how many particle effects can we throw into this thing? But uh, that's the way they kicked it off, which is solid. Uh, then, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't jump right to the the granddaddy yet like kyle anything stand out for you in that state of play other than tekken and maybe the ending trailer gosh you know i'm like thinking back on it now and i was helping GameSpot cover it and god of god of war was the only one that i was like excited about but surely there was there's more other things in there like, that i'm just not remembering yeah it was just a lot happened yesterday man i, I know really. no <laughs> it wasn't kidding. that 
if the Nintendo Direct was like not that fire, like I think play, State of Play was worse. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think the trailer at the end maybe made up for a lot of that. Um, but I think Janet, we both uh, seem very into that uh, Pacific Drive game. Yeah. It seems yeah. Cool. Get in the car. Get in the car. So they describe it as God save our souls. They describe it in the official press release as a road like. Where it's a game where you're in the that's, Pacific that's Northwest um, and, you're, mistake. <laughs> and you're in an old station wagon and it looks like you're kind of decking it out kind of like the Ecto-1 in Ghostbusters and you're just trying to drive through this nightmare forest. Um, and it seems like a really talented team. Like the creative director uh, was the environment artist at Sucker Punch and like they ran through a lot of the talent and that press release and it's like, oh, it seems like a a team that has made plenty of games before and the new studio is called Ironwood. Um, but I like the idea of a, a rogue style game where you're just in an old station wagon trying to drive through the Pacific Northwest as like the lightning from Tekken is hitting you in the forest and all this nonsense, but <laughs> it seems cool. So Pacific Drive is the name of that thing. It's coming out in 2023. Um, let's see other stuff from the trip. Oh, uh, Like a Dragon Ishin. This was a big deal apparently, which like was, which I don't know. Well, Sarah, you're playing through all the Yakuza games. So I don't know if you have mm-hmm. insights on this, but I have a, uh, one of my like community members and friends um, yeah. took his talk, aka Joe, um, or the reverse, right? When the second this came on, was like, "Oh my God, is this Ishan really and was losing their mind?" Yeah, um, because it's a um, it's like a Yakuza spinoff that never made it to the states. So, and yeah. it's also like because it's remade, right? Yeah, like obviously because it's old, so it which would is have to be remade. Although this is the downside, and this sort of always been screaming about with PlayStation getting mushy with that rebuilt from the ground up thing because they opened this saying this game is rebuilt from the ground up, and I was like. Well, this is Sony saying it. But then you've seen it. It's like, okay, no, this actually is. Like, this is actually okay, the, I, the Yakuza well, team. You know what? I want to have a nice day today. I'm not going to argue with you about Please. where we go from the ground up today. Um, maybe <laughs> next episode. But okay. yeah, it looks amazing. It and um, Yakuza is such a great franchise that, like, I'm down for this. I just wasn't inherent. I wasn't as initially hyped in the sense that, like, I didn't have that background knowledge that right. other people may have had of, oh, my God, this is something that we never got that's really cool that's coming this way and all of those details but like once that was kind of mentioned that's definitely one of my highlights as well from the showcase yeah it's it's an odd one right where they announced it and it's like okay this is taking place in the 1800s in japan it's the yakuza game and this one never came to the west and it's confusing because there's also another yakuza game that i don't know if this one came to the west but it's 2008 is it the zombie one no 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 there's another like old japan yakuza game that didn't come out here I, I don't think it came out here, but it's set 200 years before. So this is like the second of the old Japan Yakuza games. It's finally coming. I just but. can't believe I have another Yakuza game now <laughs> between me and Yakuza 7. <laughs> I have literally played six Yakuza games. It is ridiculous. Which I feel awesome. like is the most games I've played out of like a single story series. Yeah. You know, like not including Zelda. I am literally... At my wit's end. Um, <laughs> Who's making you do this, Sarah? Me. I, for some reason, I was like, you know what would be fun? I played, because I played Yakuza 0, which is like still my favorite Yakuza game. And I was like, you know what would be fun? If I just if I just played all of them before I played 7. Everyone has that, that idea, but I love that you committed to it. But I'm curious, uh, hang on, are you going to play like like a Dragon Ishin then before 7? Are you squ- like squeezing these in? Well, it this game, it looks like, you know, it's got, like, characters from past Yakuza games in it, too. Right. So it seems more it's like... It's weird. It's old probably, Yakuza characters playing historical figures. Oh, yeah. weird. Okay. So, um, what do y'all think about... There's been a shift. Have you felt it? 
where it's no longer Yakuza. It seems like these are all being branded now. This is a deep cut. Uh, it's now being branded now as Like a Dragon. Like this is just yeah, called I was Like a Dragon. What you guys were talking about. I was like, I've, I've, I'm, I know all these Like a Dragon games. What is this Yakuza nonsense? <laughs> it's weird, right? It's like they just want to get away yeah. from the Yakuza name. So they're just leaning into Like a Dragon in a big way. So this is Like a Dragon Ishin that's coming out. And then very early on Wednesday morning, uh, there was... A big splash, a big uh, Yakuza-focused stream uh, to go with TGS, and there they announced not Yakuza 8, not Yakuza Like a Dragon 2. This is now the sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is called Like a Dragon 8. How, Sarah, how do you feel about this? I mean... I don't know the, what's going on in Yakuza 7. Right. Or Yaku- like, I don't know what what's happening, but like... Very, like, I've played, once again, six Yakuza games. Yeah. And for most of those games, you are not actually in the Yakuza. Right. You are, like, an outside force with relations to the Yakuza, dealing with the drama that occurs in the Yakuza while poor Kiryu is just trying to live his life right. in peace. Right. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they just kind of want, like, a refresh on it, because it's not... So much, you know, it's like, it's heavily Yakuza focused, but it's not about being in the, it's not like Yakuza simulator, you know? Right, right. Uh, Yeah, I guess it kind of opens up more doors and I wonder, I don't know, it seems like with Yakuza Like a Dragon, they're trying to open it to a new audience and so maybe this shifts out, but then it's confusing to call it Like a Dragon 8 and okay, we should, we should figure out what we're talking about with Like a Dragon 8 because I understand that Janet, you're playing Like a Dragon right now. Seven? Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. Sarah, you're going to be playing it in 2027 when you eventually get to uh-huh. it after finishing all the other games. Can we talk about the trailer for Like a Dragon 8, which doesn't necessarily spoil anything in Seven? It's just... Except for the fact that the char- the main character is still alive, but that was kind of implied that they weren't going to die. But it's funny, like, it's like, you ever okay. watch a series when you're... You ever watch a series way late, and then the existence of other seasons is a spoiler for yes. <laughs> the season. You know, yeah, it's like when you're watching you Breaking Bad season two, and it's like, will he or won't he? I'm like, well, obviously he's going to, because there's like six more seasons of this show. Yeah. Sarah, you seem the most sensitive maybe to spoilers. How are you feeling? Well, Can we what talk? are you going to... Yeah, I like, obviously haven't it? watched the trailer. I guess we thing. don't need to. I watched I mean, the first one. They were like walking in the street, and they yeah. said some cryptic lines. Yeah. And then I'm like, maybe it's... that's. Too much, so like let me stop here. But okay. chat saying take off my headphones. So just like, what are you okay. gonna say right. here? I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna like, talk the way about Ben's being so cagey about to, it. I'm, I'm not gonna take off. You know what? I'm just gonna take off my. Headphones. I'm going to talk about the trailer for like a Dragon Eight. Okay, Sarah's taking off her headphones. Janet, you're welcome to take off your headphones too if you really are scared. Okay, thank you. Oh, she's taking her headphones off. Okay, no, I'll have to scream really loud so they can still hear us. Um, no, the big thing is, like a Dragon 8, Kyle, um, it looks like this is going to be the full buddy journey of Ichiban, the star of Seven, and then Kiryu. Uh, yeah. That I they're mean, finally joining the forces funny, here. I thought, like, the whole idea of like a Dragon 7 was Ichiban's the new protagonist. Let's right. Let the, let the old ways die. It's like, yes. oh, no. He's back. And he's yeah. got cool hair now. Right. His hair is uh, gray and very stylish. And say there's a reason he has that hair. And the interesting thing with Ichiban is he has his like... Because he's old. <laughs> yeah. But Ichiban's hair still has like the fro, like the ruined perm from uh, Yakuza 7. Um, which is interesting though, because then there was that image that they 
leaked of like the guy touring the development studio and he shared that picture off the screen where Ichiban's hair was different. So I thought for eight, his hair was going to be different. Uh, but now his hair is still that style here. So maybe that's a development that happens later on. But the point is, like a Dragon 8, uh, I'm curious to see how those two work together in a uh, big, bad way. Um, and the game's coming 2024. Um, and it's still going to be on PS4 and Xbox One. Like, those series have always kind of been a little bit... Uh, maybe just Japanese series in general, like Persona, right? They're more willing to go back to older generations. But in 2024, yeah. we'll still be playing an Xbox One game, everybody. Um, but the interesting thing, too, is apparently Kiryu in like a Dragon 8 will have his own party which is cool. Um, and then uh, I'm very curious to see how it works. Like chapter to chapter, if they're going to be bouncing back and forth or what? But, um, then let's talk about it now. Well, uh, just in case they're worried about these spoilers as well. They also announced Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. And so this game is starring Kiryu and it takes place between six and seven when he has the code name Joryu, apparently. And this one's more like the quote-unquote classic Yakuza experience. And that's coming in 2023. But st- yeah, the, that's, that's another thing. I mean... The, the like a dragon moniker that the sort of series is now adopting yeah. is weird because it's like, well, you're still showing action games. And I thought one of the fun things about the name like a dragon is it was like Dragon Quest. I thought that was the whole idea. Oh, I don't think that's the whole it. idea. I think it's the translation of the studio name. Help me out, okay. Chad. I might be wrong about that. But maybe that's a play they're working with because, yeah. Ichiban loves Dragon Quest. And that even, was, yeah, that was, I thought it was kind of a, you know, worked many ways, but that maybe. was one of the ways. And now it's like, you know, a lot, some of these games are not going to be turn-based RPGs, but they're still called Like a Dragon. But, right, right. Yeah. I like that in the Like a Dragon 8 trailer that Ichiban comes out, like Kiryu's like, guess we don't have a choice. Then Ichiban just goes, it's hero time. It's like, I love that he's already in that Dragon Quest mindset. God, that game is so freaking good. Okay, come back, come back, come back, come back. Headphones, headphones. And that's why Yakuza Like a Dragon is the best game ever made, everybody. Um, also, I did some I did some research, and Aaron T is right that Like a Dragon is just the name for the series in Japan. So they're probably just trying to streamline it. Ah, okay. Thank so you. So it's kind of like a biohazard situation. Oh, that's a good comparison. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so there's a lot of other stuff. Uh, Rise of the Ronin, uh, they showed at the PlayStation uh, State of Play thing, which is interesting because it's Team Ninja. Looks cool. Yeah, the Team Ninja team, uh, they're making a game set in uh, ancient Japan. It, there's a wingsuit in it, so I know Kyle likes it. Um, yep. It's going to be like an action RPG. Seems, that's right. seems a little bit uh, From-inspired, but it's confusing because it's like, wait, Team Ninja is also making that game that Microsoft announced, which is taking place in medieval China, that Wolong Fallen Dynasty, that also kind of looks like it's taking some From Software inspirations, and it's the team that made Neo and all that stuff, so it's weird that Team Ninja is making an old Japan game and an old China game. Um, but hey, why not? Um, okay, star of this show, everybody. Also, wait, that that's 2024, by the yes. way. Which is yes. that, is this the first time on a big stage 2024 has been dropped as a release window? <sighs> well, Probably. I mean, outside of, yeah, Yakuza, we just mentioned something was coming 2024. Yeah, Like a Dragon 8 is coming 2024. But yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Spoilers. I'm always curious to see. Oh, damn it. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see uh, how far out people will get with these. But yeah, it's certainly out there. Um, okay, they ended this press conference, the whole state of play with, hey, we have a God of War controller, which everybody said, sure, I think it looks kind of cool. It's like a purpley looking thing. Uh, I'm not one to really lose my mind over hardware like that. It's definitely blue. (laughs) By that, I mean it's a blue looking thing and it looks great. (laughs) Um, But then they gave the old bait and switch and they said, not only do we have a controller, we also have a new trailer for God of War Ragnarok. And not only that, um, but it's going to be the best trailer that we've shown so far for this game. Uh, I think, at least personally, that trailer rocked my freaking world. Goosebumps floored me. Um, Janet, you're playing 
uh, God of War? Or did you just wrap it up, or where are you at for your playthrough for kind of funny? Uh, I'm at the beginning. Um, oh, okay. I and I never finished it actually. Like when I played it in 2018, like I started it and I just never finished it. Mm. So now I'm going back with a fresh save to finish it. Ooh, interesting. The week, hopefully. We'll okay. See. All right. Well, we won't uh, we won't spoil anything from God of War for talking about God of War Ragnarok here. It's hard to even spoil it because like I don't rem- remember or know anything. So someone will be uh, like, so and so God, whatever God, easy. and then someone shot the sun, and I'm like, I, this doesn't mean anything to me. Someone I'm gonna have to really pay attention sun. when I'm playing 2018 because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So the big thing with this God of War Ragnarok trailer is. It seemed like they got the message that, hey, people were worried about enemy variety based on that 2018 game. It's one of the few things I think you can kind of knock it for. And so we're going to show as much enemy variety as possible. Just rapid fire through all these different archetypes, monsters. It looks absolutely bananas. And then it's kind of the big outing of showing more of the Norse pantheon. Because, you know, we've seen Tyr. We've seen Thor. Thor's performance in that old trailer was so unique that I was captivated. And then this freaking trailer has Odin opening the door to Kratos' little hut, and the performance of Odin in this game, I have not loved anything as much as that performance so far. (laughs) Just this year, like that moment in the trailer, like is this Odin's voice? That is such an awesome direction. And it's the actor Richard Schiff, who everybody apparently knows from uh, West Wing, but I know him mainly as Eddie from Jurassic Park The Lost World, uh, the man who gets torn apart by two T-Rexes. But, oh yeah, yeah. That's a great scene. There was. Oh, it's very cool. But it's. I don't know. How would you explain it? It's kind of like a subdued, slightly more higher pitch. Like it has, if I may, Frieza esque tones of just like it's not what you'd expect from a big bad, but it's so cool to have kind yeah. of this. I know, not gravelly, dark, deep voice. Yeah, I just. I'm. I'm. I, anytime that they kind of just go for that not the voice you expect to come out of yes. that character it's like yeah i love it you know go, be weird with it yeah there's why well, not i know i shouldn't be annoyed by comments but i was tweeting about how much i loved it and all this stuff and somebody there was this dumb person on twitter where they're like was somebody mean to you on the they weren't mean bag? i think they were just dumb no offense What's to this their person so i can block them yeah i'll let yeah. you know we'll blast this person but they're like the Odin's voice is bad. His voice should be intimidating. The voice isn't intimidating. Like, wait, why make him sound like every other God of War, quote unquote, villain? Like, I loved his tone in this, but then also like what he was saying in the trailer where he's talking to Kratos. And it seems like the big theme for God of War Ragnarok is everyone starting to grapple a little bit more with Kratos's past. And they call him like the imposter God. It's a lot more of like the Norse pantheon being like, what are you doing here, buddy? You are such a weirdo. Like Odin says... I'm not going to do the impersonation, but I just want to get this because I, I, oh, this is what I think is so cool. Where Odin's talking to Kratos in this trailer and he says, what do you even know of godhood? In your lifetimes, has anybody ever worshipped you? Ever prayed to you? Can you even imagine that kind of love? No, you don't care about anything beyond yourself, beyond the monster who kills without cause. It's like, oh, I love the idea of people just being like, you're not a god. Step off, dude. Kyle, uh, were you in lo- as love in as love in as much love in this trailer in the love as me? I would use fewer words. Probably. Okay. Yes. No. They're very excited. There's even a little bit of like a vulnerable Kratos in there, which I was yeah. like, oh, this is. We don't see a lot of this, but yeah. No, I am so on board for that game. And it, there were a lot of like, which it doesn't usually. I usually look at writing as like a whole of like, is the writing overall good? And I don't really pull out like single lines right, often. Right, right. Being like, ooh, that's a good line. But this trailer had a lot of ones where I was like, ooh, that's 
That's a good line. <laughs> Where he says, death can have me when it earns me. Yeah, like, yeah. It's pretty stuff sweet. like that. But um, yeah, and just, man, it, it looks it looks great. I, I can't wait to play that game. Yeah, this trailer has upped my excitement in a, in a huge way for this game. And like they show, oh, the best shot of the trailer is, I think it's Atreus. And he's with uh, two wolves, Skull and Hati, if you know your Scandinavian mythology, right? And then he like shoots the arrow at the eclipse sun and it like shifts over to night where it's like, oh my gosh, like those are the wolves that chase the moon and the sun around the night sky, supposedly. Um, and then when they stop, when they finally catch it, that's when Ragnarok begins. And so like that shot is just like, what a weird twist on this, but just visually unbelievable. There's a crazy space jellyfish that Jacob Geller in the reaction stream lost his mind for. <laughs> it looks really cool. Oh my God. It looks cool. Um, also, that sun thing was um, one of the first pieces of lore you can get in God of War 2018. Oh, really? Like that story about the wolves. Yeah, I was like, because I, I, I restarted it yesterday. Um, and like, it's funny because when I played it in 2018, I very much, I guess, was following the main path for the opening. Yeah. So I started exploring and I was like, wow, I didn't see any of this part of the game because <laughs> I guess I was just really bad at exploring this area. Um, so like in that I didn't. And then when I, you know, you open up the little like wardrobe kind of thing. And yeah, it was so funny to see that. To hear that right after seeing that trailer, yeah. where I'm like, okay, I was like, and then I don't even know what I'm planning to do here, lore wise, but like, I, I like recorded it. I'm like, I'm gonna like in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna go back and like watch all these and like totally. really get to know, do it, really do go it. in the weeds, but we'll see. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's a it's a benefit of the game taking so long to develop. I think is now we're even more nostalgic over God of War 2018. Where now it feels like, oh, I remember that tree. You now Atreus is touching that tree. You know, it's like if they just sort of cranked it out two years later, it'd be like, yeah, sure, another God of War. But now it feels like this game from her childhood because it's been four years now. I definitely think like the tra- like just the trailer itself. I think is a reminder that like, yeah, this game is probably going to be a masterpiece, like another yeah. masterpiece. But yeah. obviously, it's nothing's ridiculous. guaranteed, of course. But I would be surprised if this wasn't better than the 2018 one. Yeah. Critically. But yep. on Metacritic, I think it's going to score like two points lower. <laughs> yep. I think you're right. Probably mm-hmm. something confusing. Um, all right. Uh, state of play. A lot of good stuff in there. Um, then Ubisoft Forward was on Saturday. It was it was a rough show. It was about, you know, if you think of the most humdrum version of a Ubisoft show where they're spending time talking about season 11 of the division two. And it's like, Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so it was a little bit rough. They did announce officially, uh, that Assassin's Creed infinity is coming. And then within that, there's going to be two games. One of them is codenamed red, which is feudal Japan. And then also one that takes place during the Holy, Holy Roman empire, which we all know exactly what years those are. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that that one's going to be, seems like about witches, which seems like a very cool angle. And they said, uh, it's like from the same, uh, it's uh, Clint Hawking who did Watch Dogs Legion, who had a very different approach to Watch Dogs naturally, and then also goes back to Splinter Cell. And they pitched it as like, this is going to be a very, very different type of Assassin's Creed game. So I'm really curious to see how it works structurally. But then also they announced Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is uh, in the 800s in Baghdad. And that's going to be a standalone thing that comes out uh, in between the end of Valhalla and then the launch of Infinity. Um, and that was the most exciting thing there. Um, yeah, I'll play that. I'll try my ride. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, then there was the Disney Marvel games thing where they ran through a couple uh, different games. Kyle, um, seemed like both of us were intrigued by Illusion Island. Remember this thing? Yes, yeah, it, it has... The reason I was intrigued is because it looks a little bit like Rayman Legends using the modern animated version of Mickey Mouse. Right. Uh, which is very good and very hilarious if you go watch those shorts on i'm sure they're on disney plus they're very quick 
but they're they're great they're really genuinely funny um yeah now so, is it as like cool funny platformer. as you saying that sentence to sarah pozorski because i think she laughed and winced at the same time when you said that you don't like them no Sarah? i was trying to figure out which ones he was talking about okay uh yeah but so it's illusion island is from the same developer as battletoads like the most recent battletoads and it looks a little mm. floaty but the idea of yeah having like a four-player co-op thing that looks a little bit rayman inspired for mickey mouse in that new mickey mouse art style i i also was very intrigued by that so that's coming in 2023 overall uh they showed more about midnight suns uh they're remastering the old gargoyles game so you know what that was my uh a wonderful life remake Sarah was when they announced the Gargoyles, Gargoyles remaster is coming. I was like, yes, I am extremely on board for that. Um, and then uh, it seemed like the star of the show there was Niantic's making another game, Kyle. Marvel World of Heroes. They just won't stop. I wrote stop. the news story for GameSpot, Doc. <laughs> oh, well, Kyle's not again. Yeah, the problem with that is in the press release, the sort of the pitch of the game is they're a superhero patrolling the streets of your neighborhood. Okay. I'm like, ugh, do kinda... not like that at all. But. It's going to be an interesting tone. I'm curious how they message that. Um, <laughs> and then the big thing, yeah, was uh, the Amy Hennig game, uh, you know, the big creator of Uncharted, um, who's had a rough go in the game industry with games being canceled left and right, like uh, Visceral, that Star Wars game and all that stuff. Uh, she is making a game and it is a Marvel game. And they officially revealed that, no, it is not a Fantastic Four game, which was my greatest guess um, and my greatest shame that I was way off on that. Uh, but this is a game that is a single player game, but it's pairing up captain america with black panther um and then also two other characters like a soldier and a spy and you're going to be jumping between those characters i mean they just could have called it you know the new amy hennig game and i would have been as equally as excited like it really doesn't matter what it's about or who's which characters they're going after it could have been original characters i just want a new amy hennig joint yeah it's weird they didn't name it i wonder if they're still going through the process they want to save that splash for when they eventually drop that reveal and all that stuff but yeah it's an interesting premise i'm curious to see how it all works out you know in an interview with mark bernardin uh who's a co-writer on this game then amy hennig they're talking about how it's like oh you know black panther and captain america they're both symbols of their country and so how those two interact with each other will be interesting and this is technically t'challa's grandfather if you're into marvel stuff um, but it's a, it was a bad call, I think, to like show the four of them at the end of the trailer because I think everybody thought it was just going to be like a Suicide Squad style co-op thing, right, Janet? Do you feel that same way? Um, I didn't necessarily think co-op, but I, it's tough. It was one of those trailers too where like it invites more questions than answers, but the questions aren't as I, I don't think it invited specific enough questions to be as intriguing as maybe it could have been. Sure. Um, but yeah, I do think that when you have a lot of screen time for multiple characters it does kind of have that implication of like a swap out or what it's a little little bit distracting i think from the idea of it being single player i think anything more than two characters people are like what's going on here fix it yeah um fix it (laughs) disney stuff uh they also showed of course a little bit of disney dreamlight valley um which is sarah how would you describe disney dreamlight valley it's animal crossing it's Animal Crossing. With Disney characters and narrative <laughs> somewhat. Yeah, you've been streaming this thing. I started it. Um, it's made by Gameloft. It's interesting to see. It, it's quite a production. Like, Disney put mm-hmm. a lot of money into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free to play. It's on absolutely everything on demand. Is it good, Sarah? What do you think? I don't know if it's free to play yet. I know oh, that really? it was it's out in early like, access. It's early not access? free to play yet. Oh. Yeah. You have so to people, buy it. If so you want people to who now. are playing now. Paid $30 to play it before other people. Unless you're playing on Game Pass. Going to pay. 
because okay. it's which is how I'm the early it. access version is like it. So what's out is Disney Dreamlight Valley early access. To get that early access, you either need to pay or you need to. Well, actually, you need to pay. And like Game Pass basically paid for you. You know, like Xbox, right. like we have oh, okay. Dreamlight Valley at home. You know, right? That's confusing. Okay, yeah, I was playing on the the old Steam Press account. Um, but yeah, Sarah, you've been streaming it, and I'm still trying to get a read on it. Like starting it, it it's interesting. I'm a sucker for any game where it's like here's an old farm you get to go clean mm-hmm. it up there's a bunch of thorns and you use magic to clean the thorns and then hey you get a pickaxe you can clear these rocks out of the way so i'm intrigued but how does it hold up after playing it for hours and hours and hours and hours um i will say progression is kind of slow in the game you have yeah. to kind of build up currency you have to build up points to unlock other areas um and you can go to like disney realms like i went to ratatouille and then I went to Frozen, and then you bring them back to your town. Um, there's a lot of, like, grinding for materials in this yeah. game to do basically anything, which is, like, my pain point with it, is that it's like, okay, you need 20 pieces of sand to make glass. So go to the beach, bring Donald Duck with you, because he's really good at digging holes. <laughs> sure. uh, and then they just kind of follow you around. Like, you know when you go to errands with your mom to, like, Target as a kid, and you're right. just kind of stuck with her for the day? That you pick pick your favorite Disney character, yeah. and they're going to run errands with you, essentially, is how it works. That's good game, um, It's good. It's I am disgustingly addicted to it, because Ooh. I love doing my little tasks. Even yeah. though I don't... I think the game lacks charm, despite being a Disney game. It lacks some kind of, like... I don't feel connected to any of the Disney characters. Is it the they voice acting? They are very, acting? like, 2D, like... It- Literally yeah. and figuratively. Well, um, I, even like it, Scrooge McDuck is in it. When I heard him talk, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> that's a rough Scrooge. Maybe yeah. it's more in line with yeah. like a modern Scrooge that I haven't heard since the old DuckTales days and whatnot. Yeah, but. so it, it lacks that like vibe Animal Crossing has where it feels like, you know, you like your villagers, you're attached to your villagers. Yeah. Instead, I'm like, ooh, like, why is Elsa stuck in a rock and she <laughs> cannot get out? Um, so it's a little, it's a little buggy, but, um, I've, I've been enjoying it. The vibe is a little weird. Like, the overarching story <laughs> is that Disney Dreamlight Valley is going through the forgetting, which essentially is you forgot about your Disney characters. You forgot how much you love these IP? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, and then they disappeared from this, like, magical, like, village that you built for them. So what Disney is very much saying, like, hey, if you forget about us, your characters are going to die. And they're going to wither away. And Mickey's actually going through a really hard time right now because Minnie's in the, uh, she's in limo. Minnie's in purgatory. And poor Mickey is like, I really miss my wife. Um, Can you please put these ears on and bake me her favorite crackers? Are you serious? So I can remember her. Like, I shit you not. Mickey is a broken man. Wow. Please, yeah. wear this old dress of my wife. It smells like her, please. That's literally what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, if you if you love, you know, you know, like, Memento, doing a lot of little tasks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then this is this is a good, uh, this is a good game to check out. I would pay so Don't much pay to for have it, all though. those Disney characters with the, uh, all the writing on their body. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's a, it is, it has that diabolical opening, too, of just, like, 
just everybody's fantasy they're tapping into of like, oh, you get away from the hustle and bustle of the city and you go find a peaceful place in the in the woods where you lay down just to take a nap and rest and remember a time in your life when th- everything was simple and you were a child. It's just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feeding it into the internet generation's brain and then yeah. to combine that Disney with- literally has their hands around your throat and they're like, <laughs> remember <laughs> Wally? Don't you love Wally? And I'm like, I like Wally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you gonna keep playing this? I don't know. It's just like it's a really good podcast game. Ooh, okay. Because you're yeah. doing literally the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got a lot of quality of life changes that Animal Crossing needs to like pick up the pace on. Mm. The way that you can edit your town, the way that you have access to everything in your inventory, you don't have to have it in your bag, is amazing. Like if it's in a chest somewhere on your village, that you have it. You don't have to go and get it, you know, like, so the quality of life changes are insane. Um, It's got a real time day night cycle, which I think was a mistake because there's very little things based on day night cycles in terms of gameplay. Mm. I think they're just like they copied Animal Crossing a little too hard there. Right. right. Um, And I'm stuck playing in the dark now because I always play games at night. So it's spooky. And I Disney hate it. Stuff. I'm so sick of real time day night cycles. Really? It's it's a fun yeah. idea or was it just a fun idea in 2001? It was fun. it was a fun idea in 2001 and we all know everybody goes on their little switch and like changes the day well, so they don't monster. have to play at night. Like yeah. we all do it, but I can't do that on my PC. I'm afraid of what I would break. Yeah, if Bill I Gates tried would. to fiddle with the clock function. Yep, it'd be a mess. Um all right, hey <sighs> There's a lot we didn't get to. Please write in to the podcast over on Patreon and let us know what we didn't hit up because there's so much that we could still unpack in future episodes. Um, but uh, we should probably talk about Splatoon. Um, do you all hear that? It's the sound of a guest coming in. Hi. <laughs> Kelsey <me>. Lewin, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Welcome. And they all have noise coming. Yeah, no, we like that. We like that. So the audio listeners know what's happening here. Um, Kelsey Lewin, uh, we were really talking you up earlier in the podcast as the world's greatest Splatoon player, number one Splatoon player in the world, and you will not be questioned. Um, oh, I don't think I heard that part. Okay. Okay, good. No, I believe I, you. I was I was tickled pink uh, in the Monday meeting. We were talking to Splatoon. It's like, oh, have you been playing this, Kelsey? And you came out with more confidence than I've ever seen you have in your life where you said, yes, and I am truly fantastic at it. No, I mean, look, now that the game's been out a few days, right? Uh, like there are real, actual good Splatoon players out there, but I don't get a chance to be good at video games very often. This is one that comes fairly easily to me, and like that's not true of any shooter for me, so... I'm just excited to be kind of good at something. I love it. That's what Splatoon's all about. It's about exciting a different kind of fan base. Uh, Kyle, you've been playing this thing? Yeah, mostly single player, but yes. Okay, great. Janet, you've been playing this thing? Yep. Okay, great. Um, Religiously. Yeah, I've been playing maybe the least amount, but yeah, a fair amount of single player and then, uh, you know, a handful of matches. I think like level four or five, you know, somewhere around there. And Sarah, where are you at with, with the Splatoon franchise at this point in your life, do you think? I... I'm not going to play Splatoon 3. I am making the decision this time around to not pick it up, and I'm calling it self-care. <laughs> and what is the, what is the avenue? What, what's the thinking here? I've just, I played Splatoon. I played Splatoon 2. It's always fun for like a month. Yeah, And like then games. the really good people show up, um, and I get incredibly toxic 
over this children's splatting game. You played League of Legends. <laughs> you played Rainbow Six. Like you're saying this yeah, gets as, you. And you should know that I am, based on the fact that I've played League of Legends, incredibly toxic in a competitive <laughs> environment, and I am choosing to not engage with it this time. Okay. All right. That's a fair choice. I mean, after this conversation, uh, we might change your mind. Maybe we're just going to be having so much fun that you're going to be missing out playing your Disney Dreamlight Valley. You're going to be like, I love the way that it's just like Splatoon 2. Well, this is this is obviously the big debate, right? And I know that we did plenty of reaction streams for Splatoon 3 and all this stuff. And I think a lot of times we're like, okay, what's different from Splatoon 3? Splatoon 2, we got to really... Is we the right word? I, uh, I guess the people that were on the reaction streams, maybe. Because, Janet, I know you played a ton of Splatoon 2. And even playing the Splatoon 3 now starting out, it is a lot of moments of like, okay, what exactly is new? I don't remember if how you launch into a game. If that's, that's new. Okay. But, like, specifically, like, the kind of that overhead shot of, like, when you die, when you drop in, like, that's Splatoon 3 specific? So what's specific to the drop in is when you... When you respawn, you just drop into the general area. There's not a specific point. Like there's not. There used to be a literal spawn point. Right, it was like a little right. circle that you like appeared on. Now yeah. you like kind of pick your area, but it's still limited to like generally your kind of base side of your map. Okay. Yeah. So I've been having a good time with it uh, in the multiplayer matches. There is a part of me that feels like if we just culturally set a calendar and said we should all go back and play Splatoon 2 again, maybe we'd all be having the same moment of like, oh yeah, Splatoon rules. Splatoon is really fun. So I'm still soaking it in enough to try and figure out exactly how much better Splatoon 3 is. But Janet, as a, somebody who's played a lot of the series, where are you standing on Splatoon 3? What do you think of it so far? I mean, uh, I love it. I think it's amazing, and it fixes a lot of th issues I had with Splatoon 2. That being said, like as much as I like, you know, give you a hard time about it, I will admit that they... I don't think they iterate enough, um, at least in the launch of all of the versions. And this happened with Splatoon 2 as well, to a degree, because I had forgotten that actually Clam Blitz was not at launch. It was an update. So I do expect there to be like some additional significant updates. And there is like the card game thing they added and like, which I haven't touched, actually, and a couple other things. But to me, I've kind of I've accepted that Splatoon is not a constant update kind of franchise, nor would I am I surprised because it's a Nintendo um, and that it will be a installment thing. That being said, I think they could, I think we can have it both ways. Like I think they can continue to do Splatoon 1, 2, 3, 4 and iterate more and have a better um, general roadmap in terms of updates. Like that's what I would like to see from Splatoon 3. That being said, I don't necessarily expect to see that. It'd be nice. Um, but I'm also just loving a lot of the little changes. Like they made it so much easier to play with friends. Yeah, um, that seems like a huge thing, right? And that's something that like I did all the time. Like me and my brother would always play this game together. And in Splatoon 2, it was so hard because it's like, okay, well, you start the match. I am going to spam to join you. And when I join you, the worst thing about Splatoon 2 is like when I join you, I, I might be on your team, but I might not be. And I'm like, why did they do it this Unforgivable. way? Um, and now. <laughs> You're pretty much always together. I have it sometimes where they have split us. I don't really know the logic there or if the game broke or if it's like, um, I don't know what that is, but yeah. generally it's easy. I can do the code, the room code. I also love they carried over like data from Splatoon 2 to Splatoon 3 if you had that saved data. So there's right. a lot, honestly, to love about Splatoon 3 if you are a fan of the franchise. And you've been playing with Kelsey? Yeah, we bit. played together yeah. um, like two days ago or something, which was really exciting. Kelsey, I don't know if you want to like talk about that like how you like came into my game because I wasn't sure it was you like I thought it might be like I was playing with Isaiah my boyfriend yeah. and we're like Kelsey and the username says Kelsey exclamation point and he's like is that Kelsey like 
the Kelsey. And I'm like, <laughs> it I, yeah, I'm the only one. <laughs> but I'm like, I, you know, I have a lot of friends on Switch because if you're a Nintendo person who's played online games, you know that you almost can never play unless you are friends. So I've given out my friend code to like everyone, like at one point. So I have like an insane amount of friends. And then when I found, then I like, I right. tweeted, it was like, a, it was like a, a like, like lost connection. I like tweeted out, I'm like, hey, if you're Kelsey, you're doing real good. And then you appeared on Twitter and you're like, that's me. And I was like, oh my God, like Kelsey's out here freaking carrying this team. So yeah, it was very exciting. <laughs> so the legend is true. She is the greatest. I, I feel uh, like Kelsey did really well. Yeah, like you can catch me on the next professional uh, Splatoon esports tournament. Oh, sweet. Yeah, uh, I'll I out. will be the champion. Yeah. Sweet. Kelsey with two exclamation points. Uh, yeah, Kelsey, yeah. what do you think One. about this game so far? How's your experience? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't interact with the game in a lot of the ways that have changed because like I am mostly just playing the online matches in the same way I imagine like I was never a big Call of Duty person but I think a lot of people pick up the new Call of Duty every time barely touch the campaign and are just like I want to play online with my friends who also picked up this game and yeah. watched so yeah. like that is probably 90% of what I'm doing is just like regular online matches which really like just like Janet said, haven't really changed that much since the last game. I mean, there is the, like, there's new weapons and some new abilities and stuff, and then there's uh, the changes to the spawn points and obviously new maps, and, like, all of those are good, and I like them, but, yeah, they are probably not, like, a $60 new game on their own. Um, but, I mean, it, there are other things in this game that I'm just not interacting with. I mean, she mentioned the card game. I haven't looked at that at all yet. Either. Oh, really? I opened a bunch of packs of the cards from like the general store but have not interacted with it at all i went i went right for it yeah tabletop table turf battle is that thing um yeah, what is that and where is that because i was trying to <laughs> yeah launch, that's a weird thing launch, i was like at the end of my stream i'd been yeah. streaming for like eight hours doing eight different things playing the game watching the disney thing and towards the end one of my like viewers uh such moderators eddie was like oh check out the card game really quick i was like cool and he was trying to walk me to there yeah and i like barely i think i found it at the end but then something else went wrong i was like you know what I, i'm just not gonna do this and i just didn't so end up playing it you gotta wander it? the back alleys a little bit uh to try <laughs> yeah. and what find i don't it. understand is why that's not on because on the map you can like yeah, go into some of the stores automatically Everything that you can do in this game should be on that little, yeah. like, you know, just press the button instead of wandering around the map. I got a lot of nitpicks. I got a lot of yeah. nitpicks in this game. I'm not going to lie. Maybe they just wanted to keep it clean or something. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I like the game. It feels like um, like a 1v1 version of Blockus, if you know that tabletop game where you have like the Tetris pieces and you're trying to like place it around and stuff and try and control as much territory as possible. And so I like it. I, as far as I can tell, you can't play online with other people, which seems like hopefully something they'd patch in eventually. But also, I think the way that it does is after the... I, I really... I just played it and then uh, haven't picked up the game since because it peaked at Table Turf Battle. But, um, but I think it's like Triple Triad, where then after you play it, like you can go around and everybody in the world, like the NPCs, you can like play Table Turf That's Battle so with them, like compete with them in it. So I, I think it's a cool little addition in there. Um, but yeah, you have to wander the, the mean streets of the new city to try and find it, which... Kyle, I assume, yeah, Kyle, I assume you're still fascinated by just the remnants of the Miiverse living on in it's, Splatoon it's 3. It's probably one of my top three like favorite things about that game is just seeing what people are drawing. It's like, that was the thing me and my kid were doing, was just like walking around and looking at stuff and seeing what people are drawing. And like, 
Did you have to explain furries to your child? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to unpack the stuff that's on those cards. (laughs) Well, it's funny. The ones that I have to explain are like, okay, this is, this is Heisenberg. It's from this uh, TV show about this like drug dealer teacher. This is uh, this is a show about the mafia. This is the star of the Sopranos. (laughs) I love it. It's they're so funny. There's one that was just like a picture of an inkling and it just said do crime that we were both like cracking up. (laughs) I love that. The Miiverse was so great and it's like I'm glad it lives on in some form. I wish it just existed proper, uh, but I'm glad that it still exists here. uh, And it's just as confusing. Yeah, walking around, it's just like billboards and it just says uh, retweet if you love Splatoon or kissing men on the mouth. It's like okay, cool, thanks. (laughs) And then there's like it's it's like a beautiful, not beautiful, I understand it's sad for a lot of folks, but it's such a specific time and a place thing because like most of the billboards in the world of Splatoon 3 are just about the queen dying at this point. So it's just, love Splatoon 3. They're, they're mostly jokes. It like, is, yeah. So it's like, it says, queen is temporary, Splatoon is forever, and another billboard just says, the queen died so Splatoon could live. Or like, I saw I, that one too. I feel like I got, that must have got like a lot of upvotes or something, because I, I saw, everyone saw that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's my a weird favorite deal. was uh, what do you mean the queen's dead? Shivers right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Uh, that's good. That's God, good. I I forgot. It's good gaming. It is a good gaming. I forgot how much damn style Splatoon has, which I understand is stupid, but like second to Persona, I just feel like it has the best style and maybe most style, if you will, in games. Because like even just the way that the game starts off and it's just the inkling in the desert which is like one of the first trailers we saw as you're like building out your character and the music kicks in and just like this bass and drum track starts playing as the character gets on the train and stuff it just it rules which, it's so way, unique another like nintendo can't not do ghibli like they have the spirited away train train yeah right just like there it's like cool i'm not against it or anything it's just <laughs> it's just funny that it keeps coming up uh yeah kyle what do you think about the the campaign i know that's your main focus here I really like it. I like the structure of like um you in like the levels are kind of laid out in this like area that you kind of have to clear out and it's fun to kind of walk around and explore and like throw your little, you know, grenade to like clear out the fur or whatever. And if you walk into the fur, you turn into Captain Caveman, the old Hanna-Barbera cartoon for a second and then you kind of like mm. die. Um and then the missions like so far like have been really varied and interesting and weird and even a little puzzly sometimes like yeah. they're, they're definitely mixing it up a lot more which i like like there was one where like my favorite thing where you have to jump over expanding circles. that was my favorite thing too <laughs> yeah like you just do that for the, a minute and there's just like was, six characters throwing out circles it at was for you. like the the old head platformer stands like they yeah put that in there for us um, and there's one where yeah, you just gotta paint a giant Easter egg, Easter Island, Easter Island head statue, like this giant one. You have to like go up the levels, and the the goal is to just paint the whole thing. That's fun. and it's like I like that being mixed in with like the more like all right, go down this path and fight enemies and figure out how to progress. So like, I I, I mean, so far I've only cleared out that first island, so to speak. I mean, I think it outdoes the first two campaigns uh, so far. Same. I, and, um, I think a good margin, I feel like. Even yeah. that Octo expansion. I like a good Nintendo, you know, single player campaign and so I'm 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 enjoying that part of it a lot. Yeah, I, I beat one and two. I didn't do the Octo expansion, but I beat one and two's campaign Same. and I, I enjoyed it. I had a fine time with it. There's a part of me that feels like I I'm always hoping for them to go all in and make what could be just a standalone single player Nintendo campaign with Splatoon. Like it's still there's cool creative ideas in there for sure. 
uh, but it's like it's still that kind of test chamber like environment, right? Where it's like okay, it feels, this little puzzle, it does this little feel puzzle. Secondary to like the multiplayer is the core game, right? You know what I mean? But, I th- but it's but I that doesn't mean it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. It also serves like I get that it is secondary, but it also serves as a companion to. I think turf wars in such a smart, good way where they teach you so many things about mechanics in the campaign. Like, I feel like if you if you're open to playing the campaign and you feel like you suck at Splatoon, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. I'm bad at the game, whatever. Mm -hmm. Go play the campaign because it teaches you so much about how to just move around through space and you utilize the area. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Kyle? Oh, no, I was bad. just saying, I'm one oh. of those people who's bad at multiplayer oh, yeah. but enjoys the campaign. In fact, yeah, I, w- I, I would love some tips from uh, you guys before we're over, I, like weapon choices and stuff like that, for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, what, what are you going with, Kelsey? What's your go-to? Yeah, what do you use? Uh, I'm using the, I think it's called the Splatomatic, which is a pretty, mm-hmm. like, just standard gun kind of thing. I, I, I used, um, I think, just like the Splattershot Jr. for a lot of the uh a lot of Splatoon 2 and it's a pretty similar gun honestly like I, I just go with a gun I was yeah. I was hoping you'd use something weird and be like here's the I can never, it's the I can never get you good know? no I mean I see people who are really good at those and like those are the people I have trouble um beating sometimes you know like a, a good bucket user is like <laughs> a, <laughs> is is hardcore and like I just I've never gotten good at them that's what I appreciated about um salmon run is like that it sort of forces you to try a bunch of the weapons and i got i got okay with like some of the weirder ones but i just i never got as good with any of them it's just like a gun <laughs> yeah see because i'm i'm on board with the motion controls like it feels like you really need this in this game if you want to play i imagine everybody agrees if you want to play some higher level multiplayers just get used to the small adjustment of the motion controls and stuff but still i go with the just the big splat roller of like I just feel the best. It feels like the easiest just to round, run around. I feel like I'm helping the team the most that way. You know, the same way that like I'm not going to be on the front lines and Overwatch or something. <laughs> like give me some support role. And I feel like having the roller is kind of the equivalent of the support role here. Uh, Janet, what about you? Where are you going? Um, so, yeah, it's like a classic debate on like how do you go about it? Do you use what you know or do you try something new? I'm trying to do a little bit. I, I want to expand, but at the end of the day... I'm putting up that NZAP 85 and I'm just going in with that. Um, that's mostly my main. I've had some success with the arrow spray, which was a secondary main for me in two. Um, and honestly, the Splatana um, is pretty cool as well. I haven't yeah. really become a great player with the Splatana because it does require a bit of, I think, more movement and more um, of an offensive strategy than I usually like to take. Um, but those are kind of the three that I'm swapping between I'd like to get back into the roller. I was a roller main for one, yeah. um, but I haven't been able to like move properly with it since. I just feel like I always go so slow. Even watching other people play with the roller who just started, I'm like, do I have the wrong shoes on or something? Like, I feel like I'm walking like at a glacier pace when yeah. I have that roller out. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm using. Um, the big headline, one of them, but uh, Splatoon 3, uh, Daniel Ahmed on Twitter uh, he says, Splatoon 3 sold more in three days than Animal Crossing New Horizons for Switch the previous fastest-selling Switch game in Japan, and Pokemon Black and White, the previous fastest-selling game of all time in Japan. So it is the fastest-selling out-of-the-gate game of all time in Japan. That's the takeaway here? It's wild. That is bananas. As it should be. Uh, I, so this yeah. game is is developed by uh, Hisashi Nogami, who is also the producer of Animal Crossing. So oh I just want to say we should all be paying a lot more attention to Hisashi Nogami over at Nintendo. And Nintendo should be paying them possibly a little bit more as well. Probably, yeah, yeah. 
Woof. That is wild. But it's, it's, I mean, I, li- I like Splatoon a lot. I, I really enjoy it. But like that really surprised me. I never would have pegged Splatoon as being the one that just like is an explosion of popularity. You know, like Animal Crossing makes is... sense to me. Pokemon makes sense. But Splatoon, it's like, wow, cool. Yeah. Good for I you. I wonder man. if this is just like uh, Japan's Call of Duty moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how Halo and Call of Duty kind of exploded over here. And like they are just finally really into shooters. I don't know if that's. I don't know if there's any actual merit to that, but... No, I think there's something. Yeah, somebody from the community wrote in, and I'm sorry to include this, but yeah, they brought that up, just like how Japan's never embraced first-person shooters in a big way. So there is... We know there's this untapped potential, and it seems like Splatoon is just the franchise to give people those feelings and emotions which are so popular everywhere else in the world, right? Sarah, you seem unimpressed by the sales of Splatoon. (laughs) Based on our conversation in Ikea yesterday, you were like, oh, home. Oh, well, I mean, wow, like, I expected it to be out. popular. <laughs> no, no, no. I expected it to be. I expected it to be popular. This is what I expected based right. on like the build up to it and everyone's hype level. It's meeting expectations. Okay, okay. It's, it's more popular than Pokemon, though. That's meeting expectations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's let's bananas. be honest. Have you seen the new Pokemon games? Okay. <laughs> You're on a podcast with Janet and Kelsey. You hold your tongue. <laughs> um, not even the Queen memes will turn you around on this thing, Sarah. It's just a lot to pay for a game that I will not play after a month. Yeah. All right. Well, you're but like, like a this month is like you're going to is going like to be the, the ride Splatoon, of your life. But it's That's like if thing. I want to play like a competitive game, I can play, you know, like I play competitive games. Right. If maybe if you haven't played a lot of competitive games, this is probably like really scratching an itch for you. That's right. Um, That's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm so like this right is now. like, you know, remember when everyone loved Pokémon Unite? Right. And then I never touched it after a month of playing it. You're a snob. Just say you're a gaming snob. And we're all fake ass gamers. We get it. We get it. It's also. Stop dragging me into this. (laughs) It's so funny to me because, like, it's it's because I'm primarily a single player gamer. Like that's what I like to play. That's what I play. Like, I don't know of any game that I play more than a month. Elden Ring. I freaking adored that game. (laughs) I think I played it a month. I haven't touched it since then. <laughs> right, right, right. That's normal for me. Uh, even Mr. Mobile Editor, there's not some mobile game you're going back? P- P- Ponyo even, or whatever even, the hell that thing's I called? Mean, I, cover, I cover a lot of those live, you know, continually updated games, but in yeah. terms of what I'm personally playing, I play through Point P. I had a great time. I move on. I wow, play through Jetpack Joyride here. <laughs> Love it. Move on, you know? Uh, by the way, if you want a lot more Splatoon talk, you can check out the most recent episode of Anna's Internet Cafe, the show that Anna does on a monthly basis on her Twitch channel. Um, she streamed it last night with the guest Taco. Um, and then also that is on our YouTube channel now, so you can check that out. And then the podcast version of that full discussion, which is all about diving into the lore of Splatoon and like the real world influences on the lore of Splatoon. It's a, it's a good lore deep dive, so you can unlock the podcast version of that in the bonus podcast feed if you're a Patreon supporter as well. So check out Anna's show, everybody. Um, Splatoon 3. Wait. Oh, yes, please. Are we transitioning out of I this? I was trying to Spl- launch us out of it, but you got more to say, I, please. I feel like we got to go. Just like, I'm, how much time can you give me? Um, <laughs> let's see. Start the clock. You have two minutes. Oh my god, that's so small. Okay, there's lockers that you can decorate with yep. random garbage, and yep. I love decorating them, and they're really physics-based, and that's garbage. cool. Um, I mean, I just wanted to take a second to talk about how freaking fun this game is, because also, it's taken over my house. Like, I bought it because I am I love Splatoon. I've been looking forward to this for since they announced it. It was one of those things where, like, I saw the trailer drop, and I'm like, this is Splatoon 3. Like, I knew the second I saw it, I knew what game it was. Yeah. Um, I bought it. 
then my boyfriend bought it because he's like he wanted to play with me and, and be nice even though he doesn't like the franchise he got into it now and now he's playing it my brother's like i can't afford it right now to be honest i don't got the money for it like that then he's like f it i'm going to gamestop i'm selling my games and i'm getting this game he got the game uh for free because he traded in two games and got the game for free he's playing it then his wife who lives with us was like whoa whoa, whoa everyone's playing splatoon i wasn't invited i'm like i heard you didn't like the friend and then she's like i don't know where you're, where you're getting this from she bought it yesterday we squatted up and we had the time of our lives that playing multiplayer good. in our house um hanging out and yeah it's just it's super fun i can't say enough good things about this game and i am currently i think level 14 it has consumed my life all i want to do is play this i am bummed i have to do anything else <laughs> because literally every time i get free it's a great break game too because the matches are only three minutes it is but wild also, how fast it is yeah kyle asked for tips um my oh, yeah. big tip in this game is to don't get too caught up on killing people because that's a good way to lose. You know, check your map when you can to see like the area. And for me, it's about moving constantly. You should constantly be like laying down, swimming, laying down, swimming, turning, turning around. Like you never want to just be shooting and not looking around because it's a good way for someone to see you from the side and then like sneak up on you. Um, I guess don't be afraid to do a few stealth moments like hiding in the ink can be very valuable. Make sure you cover areas that are usually uncovered or that people can't get to. Um, and I think if you're getting your butt kicked really bad, what I like to do is try to flank around and go to their turf because a lot of times people that are that play highly offensive forget to cover their ground as much. Totally. And that's like a good way to win. But yeah, those well, are my all like tips. They'll be like all lined up doing the killing, mm -hmm. you know, close to your base. And you can usually just, you know, kind of swim around the entire line and just and cover some really yeah uh, good ground that way i really want to tips i want to play with y'all i i don't know if it's a stream or offline or something but like i i would like to take this game seriously at some point and i feel like this is yeah the i have a lot of fun with it and i'm like starting to get into two like on tiktok or just and anywhere on the internet right there's tips all the time and like i think i'm really gonna look and try to see like some of the like additional layers of gameplay like there's a new way to like shoot up the wall with like you hold down b and you can kind of just like launch yourself like stuff like that um but yeah anyway i love this game i've i've i don't know how many hours i've played yet because yeah. the switch won't tell me just as i started five days ago but <laughs> you've been yeah. playing a lot so of dumb it. how that works that's awesome. i hate that so much like i really was like oh i want to see my count for the show still just f played five days ago for a while so yeah. we'll see but uh, also, if um, you like Splatoon multiplayer, you're looking for a good group to play with, um, we should shout out the Discord. I know that a lot of folks in the Discord have been uh, getting together and playing this and having a blast. So uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, you can jump in there and have a friendly community to join and find a group to actually play with. Also, they have this squid plush in the game. Like this exact plush. Oh, My locker has three of them in it. <laughs> that exact color. Yeah, I was like so excited. I was like, oh, it's I can have the thing I have in real life digitally. Then that's exciting because games are dumb. So that's there right. you go. There's also fake Switch games in there, which oh, I really, really? appreciate. You can get like yeah, a chips. Like, you, you can fill your soda, your your locker with with drinks. People are doing all these crazy aesthetic things or memes and uh, freaking somebody, a community member from from MinMax, I forgot which user it was, has just like a like a mascot head sitting in there. Like that's perfect. It's a scene, man. Did you know that the Splatoon 1 servers are still online? 
What? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't know, I'm not shocked, but I did not know that. Okay, thank you for that uh, <laughs> thoughtful reaction. Yes, I was just curious, about, like, I want to see, part of me wants to jump into that scene to see if there's defenders, because I remember, like, the gamepad was so great to have on the Wii U. Like, it seems like the game was designed for that, naturally, you know? It was so, cool to see the map on the yeah, gamepad. Yeah, the map at all times was amazing. You just tap on it for where you want to launch to. Anyway, Splatoon 3, uh, we'll be talking about it more, I'm sure, and based on Janet's enthusiasm, probably talking about it a lot more at the end of the year. But Splatoon 3, yeah. everybody... Um, hey, Janet, uh, you got a, a, a busy day. A lot of stuff ahead of you. Uh, do you want to go ahead and... Uh, well, first, we should thank you for your service on this podcast. Thank you for being here. Um, and then do you want to clap out when you're me. ready? Sure. Uh, hey, Sarah, do you know how this whole thing operates? This whole Patreon thing? <laughs> Is it on Patreon? Damn it, I ben? gave it away. <laughs> That's right. Patreon.com slash MinMax with two ends. I've blown like it. stumbled on that, maybe. I just learned like it, actually. I found this cool site. It turns out uh, we post the link everywhere, like in the comments or in the description. If you go to patreon.com slash minmax with two ends, uh, you can find a bunch of great benefits. You can help support independent games media. If you enjoy the show, please help support the show directly. We appreciate it. And thank you to some of our biggest supporters, the wonderful I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about We Are OFK. You can go to I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store and you can get the vinyl soundtrack to that game from the fictional band with great music uh, or you could also get the physical version of We Are OFK on PS5 and Switch. It comes with a 3D papercraft cat and a bunch of other fun stuff and you can go to iMadeBit's wonderful online store and for this entire month you can use the promo code LUNCHMEAT LUNCHMEAT, one word everybody, for 10% off everything under $100 and it really is I think the coolest online store on the internet. It's just, if you like games, check it out. You will be impressed by how hip and cool and awesome all these things are in the store. So lunch meet for 10% off and help support them because they support us in a big way and they support the community in a big way because they ship out a prize each and every week. Whoever submits the best question over on Patreon, we will choose that person and say, this is truly the greatest question. And then that person this week will win Spinch, the vinyl soundtrack to Spinch, everybody. I'm Ape It. We'll just ship that out out of the kindness of their heart. All right. First question. Scott Gerald writes in and they say, have we hit the farming game singularity? Is this it? No. No, no yes. Sarah. There's more farming games to go. I don't know. I don't know how to explain this to people, but there are several different types of farming games. Go on. They are not all just because you can plant a little crop does not make it a farming game. Okay, what are the subgenres? Let's classify it. Let's There's like, it you have your Stardew Valleys, which I prefer. I'm kind of a farming game purist, right? right? Where you have your farm, you do your little tasks, you get a wife, you know, you're building a life. And then you have your rune factories. Yeah. Which are kind of more like you farm, but there's like a more of a dungeon crawler. Your harvest. I just got dungeons though. Yeah, but they, this has like bosses. You capture monsters. Yeah. Like Stardew sure. is like we have a mine. Like yeah, Minecraft has mines with slimes in it, but it's not you know. So then you have like yeah, you have your rune factories, which are more like fantasy narrative base, more set in magic. You have to do more things. Off of your farm. Yeah. And then you have, like, Harvestella is kind of going yep. that direction, yep. right? Where it's like, yeah, you farm, but have you also considered saving the world? <laughs> and I'm like, no, What's I literally just want to farm. And right. then you have your multiplayer farming games, which looks as, like, what Fae Farm is, where, like, you're supposed to play with a group of people. It's, like, centered around multiplayer farming. Right. And then you have Farming Simulator, which is so in the weeds. I don't know how to drive a tractor, so I can't play it. I feel like you could get into Farming Simulator if you tried it at some point on a stream. I've played it. I can't. Oh, really? I don't know how to drive the tractors. Uh -huh. I'm not a farmer. 
All right. Did you already write down New Show Plus, Hanson? You already took that note? Uh, New Show Plus. Sarah gets into farming in real life. Um, <laughs> oh, that's not where I was going. Yeah, because I don't know if you follow this, Kyle. If there's a video game option on the New Show Plus poll, it's just going to get annihilated at this point. Like this no, week, fair. yeah, this week what won was just Sarah and I shopping at Ikea. And we had uh, our phone hooked up to Wi-Fi. And with Jeffum's voice blasting out of it as we're walking around in Ikea. And it was just Jeffum saying like, hey, thanks so much for the sub there, Paco Roco. And it's like, uh, pretending like we're just talking to our friend on her phone as he's thanking people for <laughs> subbing on Twitch. It was a weird vibe, but, you know, you can check it out on YouTube, I guess. Um, yeah, at some point, I do want to do a breakdown. I don't know, next week, full of time, or, or how this is going to work. Um, but I want to do a breakdown of upcoming farming games versus space games to see... <laughs> for like major ish games like what has the upper hand because farming is it's climbing up there and i got no problem with it i love it like it's, it's finding an audience i just mm-hmm. why kelsey what do you think is happening what's in the water is it just two years after animal crossing but that seems like a pretty tight turnaround for some of these games well and also i mean animal crossing is I don't know. Like it's a, it's a symptom, not the like cause. It's not like everyone right. discovered Animal Crossing and then we're suddenly looking for similar-ish games. I think I think this is a subset of people who have kind of always existed and, and probably growing. But like I don't know. It's just it's the kind of stuff that has always been there to an extent and just doesn't get the big mainstream coverage. So like we think it's niche, but it's huge. Like right. Harvest Moon's always been really big. Stardew Valley, obviously, like, one of the biggest games. Um, and, but, like, going back further than that, even, too, I mean, I feel like the the PS2 and, and that sort of thing, like, had a bunch of these weird little things, and they just, none of them ever really got, like, the big mainstream coverage, because, I don't know, how do you how do you put Innocent Life on the cover of Game Informer magazine? But, like... <laughs> Yeah. It's always been there. It's always had this audience, I think. And now they're just now they're just eating good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm not even being sarcastic. I think it's 100 percent Stardew Valley's, you know, fault isn't the right word. But I think that's the line that you draw. That game was has been such a huge success that people are now trying to capitalize on it. But that's that was, why more of them are being made and, and more of them are being sort of highlighted. I think you're right. But I mean, that was 2016. You know, it's weird for It takes a long time to make a video game, Hanson. Yeah, not six if years they, they for some of these games. they looked at it in 2016 and sort of saw the sort of the little line going up and up and up and yeah. up, and then they started development on their own. Yeah. I am curious about that Fae Farm, which we didn't talk about from the Nintendo Direct, but it's from the uh, Phoenix Labs who made Dauntless, like that Monster Hunter game. So it's like, it's a really talented online-focused team, and I'm really curious to see how that thing turns out. Um, to be fair, Sarah, let the record show Kelsey mentioned Game Informer before I did on this episode, um, which okay. brings me to my next question from Woodman asking, when can we expect the Andrew Reiner exit interview? Mm. Kyle, did you see that? Yeah. Andrew Reiner, after nearly 30 years, is leaving Game Informer, stepping down as editor-in-chief. It's insane. It's It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I think that's the right way to put it. Kelsey, what do you think did, did of that? Did he have the same year run as Andy Mack? Like, did they no. end up at the same, like, about 28 oh. years? Because I think Andy started before Reiner, there's but a not ch- by a not lot. By yeah, there's no. a chance that Reiner might have been a Game Informer longer than, than Andy. Because Reiner right. started in, what, 93, I want to say? And yeah. Game Informer is ninety one. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So there's a there's and it's a chance. been about two years since Andy left. Now, right? Yeah, we're gonna do the math and figure out that it was like <laughs> one day after he was there I longer than Andy, then he bowed out. Yeah, 
I genuinely hope it is one day past Andy Beck's <laughs> tenure and was just like, nope, I want the record. I'm done. Yep. And I think it was. I think Reiner told me, I think it was 330 issues, I think, have been the number. He, ha- he knew the exact number, which was impressive. He yeah. counted it up. I mean, the longevity of Reiner being the magazine, I, the most clear example of it that I saw was when Star Fox 2 released for the SNES Classic, right? Which was at 2017, 2018, I forget. Mm-hmm. And we were having a discussion, Kyle, you remember this maybe, but it was like a, just a morning meeting around the desk. And we're like, yeah, do we review Star Fox 2? That'd be kind of fun. And Reiner's like, yeah, I can do that. I reviewed the first one. It's like, what? Like, no <laughs> other outlet can have that of someone being like, yeah, I actually, I remember reviewing that first game. I'll go ahead and tackle yeah. Star Fox 2 all these years later. It's just bananas. It's crazy. So yeah. you guys would know better than me. Is there anyone left in that entire company, not just journalists, um, yeah. who are who are even like early 2000s or, you know, I mean, like there's no one left from the 90s, I'm sure, unless it's like, um, you know, marketing staff. Well, yeah, something. it's like, is Michelle still there? Or when did Sarah start? Like, these are like uh, people yep. that were kind of behind the scenes, but I don't know if Michelle's Matt, still there. When did Matt Miller start? Who's now, yeah. you know, taking over the editor-in-chief role? Yeah, Congrats super, to Matt Miller. Super excited. Um, I mean, Miller was, he's, he, you know, he's, you know, an old timer as well. I want to say don't know he's like date. 2003. Yeah. Would be my guess. Cause him and Joe started around the same time. And so, yeah, I, I Matt Miller is genuinely the sweetest human being I know. And so like, yes. I, I think it's a, you know, talking to folks over there, they also have that vibe of like, you know what? Matt Miller is a really good leader at this point in time. It's, it's tough out there. They have a, a very small team. Hopefully GameStop will, will beef that up. But Oh, to Woodman's question though. Um, yeah, uh, I talked to Reiner last week about doing an interview. I'd love to do it at some point, but schedules are, are really tough. I'm going to be traveling the back half of this week, and then he's flying out to have some time at his new mysterious job, which all he said is he's going to work for a developer and publisher, and he's going to be actually involved in making games, perhaps. Um, so it's going to be an interesting transition for him, but uh, best of luck. Uh, I hope he's at EA with Andy. That's my just like stupid headcanon hope. They can't quit you. Oh, God. (laughs) An attack corgi writes in uh, and says, Hello, MinMax Masters of Mayhem. What is the panel's top reason to be or not to be a games journalist? Uh, The Ferraris probably (laughs) are the reason not to be one. Uh, yeah, Kyle, I don't know. You're you're still in the field in a bigger way than... I mean, you're at GameSpot now. It's crazy to think you're at Game Informer and GameSpot. You, you got a good vantage point on this whole thing. So what, what was the core of the question again? Uh, what's the top reason to be or not to be a games journalist? I mean, not to be is, is the salary. It's not a job that pays particularly well. Yeah. Um, the reason to be is like an, the opportunity to have sort of insight into the industry and, and really genuinely be a part of it and you know, cover it and, and think about it a lot and, you know, analyze it and uh, and get to play games uh, before critical reception has been uh, cemented, I think. Yeah, that, that's nice. It's like it one of my like... favorite things. I love being able to play a game before it's become this large, big... I love that big, big critical discussion too, but the chance to go in with very little knowledge of how the wider world feels about it is a fun experience that I really cherish and still enjoy. Yeah, I don't think I've thought about it until right now, but it is like, yeah, it's just I really like games, I respect game developers, I want to be around game developers because I want to learn how they do that, but I also don't have enough talent to ever develop a game. <laughs> so it's like, what's the avenue where I can still be in contact with that talented pool of people? Okay, I guess this is the way to go. Um, yeah, there we go. But in Attack Corgi, it, yeah, it seems tough, and it's tougher every day. 
Um, so I don't know if I would strongly recommend it. And you know what? You can get a lot of the thrills for aspects of the job. Just start a gaming podcast with your friends or just stream with your friends and have a good time. It's kind of the secret fun part. Uh, Michael Berry writes in and says, am I crazy or is it impossible to talk to your pets in a normal voice? The more earnest the attempt to talk normal, the sillier my sentences devolve into. Are you able to speak to your pets in a normal voice? I only speak for myself, but I believe it to be truly impossible. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a recent dog owner for the first time. Congratulations. And I, and I do find that like I am bad at talking to the dog because I do not change my inflection very much to how I talk to everybody else. But the <laughs> thing is like, hello, dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing you have to it's do, good to it, see you. I'm like, you yes, really enjoy I, that food, don't you? Yum, yeah, yum, yum. Like, okay, good dog. You've, you're a very good dog. Thank you for sitting. Where you, the thing you have to do is get excited because that's right. what they read is the excitement. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not good at, I wouldn't be a good dog trainer because I am very much like, good dog. Here, you can have a treat now. You did a very good job sitting down when I asked you to. Yeah, I remember it sounds like, like businessy. Great. Like, you're know, having a business meeting with your dog. <laughs> How has your Q4 been, my love? <laughs> yeah, I remember like, uh, we had a, a family friend who was always very funny. And I remember one of, one of my favorite bits of his is he would like yell at his dog, but he'd be like, good dog. You're being a good dog right now. And then he'd like flip it in the opposite and be like, oh, you're such a bad, terrible doggy. And the dog would just react naturally, of course. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sarah, how do you talk to poggers? Give us, talk to poggers right now and we'll just listen. Like weirdos. This feels like like a very vulnerable You made for me, me eat on camera and dissect the way I used a fork yesterday, so. I always, I'm always like, oh, piggies, oh, piggy poggies. Piggy and he's poggies? like, give me food, ow. <laughs> Stop hitting me. He really seems to love it, the way you call him piggy poggers. <laughs> piggy poggies. Kelsey, does it change based on the animal? Like, do you talk to your bird differently than the way you talk to like a cat or a dog? Uh, no, I talk to both my bird and my dog completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mostly just like tell my bird that he's a bird or a small <laughs> green chicken or I don't like, <laughs> it, it sounds ridiculous when you start explaining it, but I know every one of you does this. Right. Like, you're right. Just, you're talking to your animal. And you're like, oh my God, you're a bird. Did you know that? You're a bird. <laughs> and the bird's like, I'm a what? <laughs> yeah. Where do you stand on talking birds? Do you uh, mine only says his name. Wait, your bird can talk? Most of them can do like some mimicry. Hang on, shut up. <laughs> I Wait, thought... is this news to you that birds can like say I words? knew that like a parrot could or like if you slit a crow's tongue, but you're saying like most <laughs> pet birds can talk? What? Yeah, most can do like simple mimicry. Like, and he is, he's a green cheek conure, which is like in the parrot family. It's just a very small I had no idea. So is there potential that your bird can learn a new word? Yeah, I mean, conures don't speak much. They end up learning, like, a couple of words. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it would be cool if you talked a bunch, but, like, I chose this type of bird based on, like, their temperament and also, like, how loud they can get and that they don't live, like, 90 years because a lot of the really talky birds can live, like, 80-plus years, and I'm like, that's that becomes someone else's problem and like I'm not having kids so I don't know <laughs> I don't know whose problem that's gonna be I won't have to <laughs> inherit it yeah. yeah exactly 
Do you think, um, uh, don't let this get too dark. Kyle, you cut me off when I get too dark, but do you think there's a market for like- Next question. Okay. Uh, Andrew <laughs> Baker. No, no. Do you think there's a market? Hang on, Kyle. I'm going to ignore your advice. For like genetically modified dogs and cats so that they only live like two years- what? Oh, so like they would yeah, just like that, what so a would just, terrible like, thing to. So they would just like speed through. This is why Ben's not a pet owner. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering if first people. I'm not speaking for myself. But I'm wondering oh, if after two years, there, I really feel like I want a different pet. I bet there are people that are like, I want a dog, but like 18 years, that's a big yeah, commitment. They don't yeah, live there's a that. market for this for terrible people. Okay, what? look, I'm not signing up. I'm not creating the market, Kelsey. I'm just asking the questions. No, I, think, I don't think there's a market for that. I agree. No. I agree. Sarah, why'd you even bring it up? Andrew Baker writes in and says, Hey, man, Maxers, I got uh, three short Jesus. but important questions that I've been dying to get your input on. Have you listened to Kojima's new podcast, Brain Structure? If you have, why is it so bad? Um, and finally, has there ever been a piece of content that has made you question a creator? So... I listened to the first episode of Kojima's podcast. It's a Spotify exclusive. It's called Brain Structure. Kyle, have you checked it out yet? I haven't, embarrassingly. I was so excited about it, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it, it yet. Is, it's, uh, believe it or not, overproduced, <laughs> if I may go so far. Really? Yeah, they have a translation for Kojima on top. And I love the idea of this. I'm going to listen to every episode. Um, I'm on board. I love Kojima. I want to see how weird this gets. But the first episode, it's really weird because they have like an in-world podcast AI interviewing him and so it's like mr kojima we've been dying to know how did you come up with the idea for metal gear and he's like well actually and it's funny because like clearly it's all written by his team or whatever but he like he corrects the ai a lot like actually well it's not really it didn't actually happen that way it's like a weird thing of like it, it's like he's acting like it's a real person um, and so, you know, is it's name like mama or something. I forget what the AI's name is. It totally has a name. Um, and they, there was, it may be obvious. I should know this as a Metal Gear fan, but you know, it's worth it just for like this little tidbit of like, oh, okay. Cause the idea of solid snake, the name of solid snake is like, well, I really wanted the name snake because of snake Pliskin. Like I could have named him Python or anything like that, but I chose snake, but snakes are so wimpy and quote unquote wiggly that I wanted to make it cooler. So I wanted a snake that wasn't wiggly. So that's why I named him Solid Snake. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like creators should just, especially like, you know, people who write books and you know how like you're in high school and it's like, but what do the, the blue curtains obviously mean the main character's sad. Right, and the writer's right. like, no, they're just blue. Sometimes I think creators should just let other people put knowledge into what they think the creator came up with and the creator should just take, be like, yep, absolutely. Yep, you got it. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you, right? Uh, ben Shively writes in and asks, "Is there a single movie moment that is more triumphant than the end scene of Jaws?" Smile, you son of a explosion! Mm. Um, it's good. It's it's a pretty big buildup. You really want that shark to die by the end, and it's a good good way to go out. Um, I mean, trench run in Star Wars, like the combination of like. Han Solo coming in saying, you're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this joint and go home. Is that what he says? Blow this thing and go home? Um, but that's satisfying, that's seeing the lasers go in. Independence Day, flying up into it. Hello, boys, yeah. I'm back. That's pretty satisfying. So, the last bit of, you know, end game, right? That's a, that's a pretty that big is, build up, That is satisfying. You know, that is true. On your left. Yeah. Let us know in the comments, everybody. Beefcake replied to this Patreon comment. They said, when I was a kid... That scene in Big Fat Liar where Paul Giamatti looks in the mirror and realizes his skin was dyed blue and his hair was dyed orange was peak cinema. And honestly, I'd rather, <laughs> probably rather watch that than Jaws. 
Yeah, that scene might be the most triumphant scene in cinema history. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, Rich Lynch writes in and says, Hey, all every year I watch an underwhelming Ubisoft presentation, and every year they come out with a confusing Just Dance promo. I have no idea what these games actually are or how they play. Have any of you tried them? How do they work? Have we tried them? Is 2022 a good year to try Just Dance for the first time? Please help me. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. You'd have yeah, fun. I I've played a lot. My family likes Just Dance a lot, so we we play it at least once a year for like the new entries. And like the thing that mm. I really get into now lately is like every entry, there's one song where it's clear that they like used whatever huge budget that game secretly has to like make an insane like music video for like the trailer. There was that one like paper animated. one. Yeah, like the stop animation one, the paper one where they layered yeah. like the paper. There's one. What's the, the budget song? Budget is huge. Uh, um, God, the uh, the the song that opens Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, oh, Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky, and it's like this stop animated bear dancing through a stop animated forest. That it's like fun. a three three and a half minute stop animated Just Dance music video, and it looks fantastic. It looks great, yeah. and it's a fun song. And it's like, why, why, man? They are throwing a lot at just this like one weird thing, and that's it's not the first time they've done that. It's really strange. Yeah, they're, they're fun. I made the mistake of starting with kind of like the offshoots of them, whereas like Michael Jackson, The Experience. Remember, I borrowed that from Game Informer's Vault. And uh, Sarah, it does come with the Michael Jackson white glove, like in the case that you can put on. It just feels and kind of messed up. It, uh, it, it sucked. Um, it sucked in ways beyond Michael Jackson as a person sucked. Um, I, I will say they're not really f like, it's it's not like, you know playing a traditional video game where it's like, oh, I really got to go for the high score. It's like the no. controls have to be really good. It's really just about holding a Switch controller and like mm -hmm. dancing. I don't even really know mm -hmm. like yeah. how much it's perfectly and tracking you. And I always you. feel like I look really cool. Like you <laughs> feel like you look like the person on the screen, but you absolutely are just flailing and you look Oh yeah. yeah, it's giving yeah. you a very big like grace, you know, like you're, you're meant to kind of do the things on the screen, mm -hmm. but I feel like there's no way I'm actually looking like that and right. I'm just kind of close enough. It's like, um, I mean, if you've played like a karaoke game or even like the singing part of Rock Band where it's like, you know, you've got your little like line going through that's calculating your pitch and it's like you can be kind of off on that and it's still like yeah, yeah close enough <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember but like just a fun time it's just it joyous it's like it's fun to watch mm -hmm. even just watching people professional dancers do fun choreography like with the camera just locked on them is is actually kind of an entertaining thing yeah for sure and uh with that hanson i have to leave oh i'm sorry okay well kyle uh thanks for being here do you want to uh, clap out dude i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it like janet does okay I was like the only reason I play just dance is for the Rasputin song. I know that dance like But now I have to pay money for it because it's subscription based. Wait, just dance is subscription based? It's really gone downhill ever since they've they have like the new songs and some old songs the game is launched with, but if you want all the songs from all the games, you have to pay a subscription service, oh, which to me is just a little ridiculous because they always insulting. put the good ones behind the subscription. Ugh, yuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, they really, and they, they put the subscription songs in with the songs that you don't have to pay for. So you're like, oh, I want to play this. And they're like, ooh, that'll be $5. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Not fair. Not yeah, fair. Yeah, it's, it's very Ubisoft. 
Yeah, I remember um, visiting Ubisoft Montreal for the first time, like going for like a tour. Um, and you know, Ubisoft is known for throwing three million developers onto every game and all this stuff. And they're like, mm-hmm. all right, this room over here, these are the Just Dance developers. And it was like 11 people in like this room off to the side. And it's like, it is just, it is one of the most efficient money makers throughout the history of the game industry, I feel like. You know, just like that team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's ballooned it's up since be, then, but. It's got to be down to kind of a science at this point, right? Like, yeah. you're not fundamentally changing a ton of things. They probably have like their own custom tools that are just like, I don't I don't know exactly, but like some kind of tool that's just like, okay, here's a new song and like we just drag and drop some little dance things to it now. Okay, that's yeah. the dance. Did you know that they made a, an ABBA game? Like Ubisoft made like an ABBA yeah. dancing game too? I kind of want to go check that out. Um, maybe for Extra Life or something if you want to get nuked off of Twitch, uh, that would work out okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, also, speaking of music stuff, did you know that, I know every year I feel like people need to be reminded that Rock Band is still releasing DLC every week. Did you know this? Every week? Yeah, like this week, they're they're like, now in Rock Band, we have uh, Nirvana's Man Who Sold the World. And it's like, wow, it's wild that they're still adding new Nirvana music to Rock Band 4. Like, they've been doing it every week. You can go look at the Rock Band YouTube channel, and it's just every week has been a trailer showing off these new songs. It's ridiculous. There must be, like, such a core community of Rock Band players. Would love to know what they're up to. Yep. Who just play rock band every day, Sounds every week, fun. and it's the only game they play. I think they actually, yeah, they might be the happiest people on earth. So if you ever see anybody smiling on the street, they actually just played rock band recently. That's probably the only reason. Um, Luca um, Alberti asks, uh, they say, How do you mean, actress? Uh, Fire Emblem Engage was announced in the latest Direct, and the reaction to it seems kind of mixed. The game looks more polished than Three Houses, but the art direction and character design aren't everyone's cup of tea. From the leaks, we know this game was probably completed, completed a long time ago, so we might be in an ugly yet extremely polished kind of situation. I thought that game looked good. Am I not? Anyways, well, the uh, l- main protagonist, someone said they look like a VTuber, and now oh, I yes. like, really can't unsee it. Yeah. Like, they look like a VTuber. I can see that. And I guess their parent is a dragon, their mom is a dragon, which that's I don't been, know if I can keep doing That's been in other games. That's, um... Dragon oh gosh, parentage. Is, was, that, was that Conquest where you're... You're a dragon or something like that. I don't remember. Right. One of the Fire Emblem games, at the very least, your parent is a dragon. Kelsey, before I finish Lucas' question, did you did you ever play Pokemon Conquest? I did. Okay, that weird Pokemon strategy yeah. game. But does anybody else on Earth remember that exists? I feel like that's one of those anomalies that really came in with quickly, and a lot of people would not believe you if you told them that there was a Pokemon medieval strategy game. It's kind of cool. It's like um like if you are not sure if that if that uh, genre is for you. Like, I feel like that's a, it's a little bit simpler than like a lot of the Fire Emblems are. Although the Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem has become a much more accessible game, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're just like, I don't know about these tactics games, I want to maybe try one. Like, and I understand my Pokemon type matchups already. Like, I think that's right. a pretty good entry point. Yeah. Uh, so Luca asks, can you think of some bad looking games that play surprisingly well? When you say play surprisingly well, do you mean that like the gameplay is really good yeah. or that like they don't break? No, I think the gameplay, <laughs> I think, would have to be what it is. It's just like surprisingly tight. Like the, the one I think of immediately is I I love the way it looks because it looks just like the most raw version of a video game you could imagine. Just like this weird, nasty, purified video game notion. But it are, it's fair to say it looks like crap. But uh, Robotron 2084. 
Like, it's just hideous in sure. kind of a beautiful way, but I think that game still plays fantastically well. I think it's an amazing game to play uh, this day and age. Um, Sarah, do you know Robotron? No. Okay. At some point, um, you can come out uh, to my lake place and we can play it on my main machine and it'll be super fun and you'll learn to love it, <laughs> I promise. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Thanks, Luca, for writing in. Uh, Connor writes in and says, better quest goal here, everybody. I'm going to apply to two jobs a week over the next year. That's ambitious. My longtime roommate will be moving out next year and I'm ready to make the most of this opportunity for some dope personal growth. Hell yeah. And if you're applying for two jobs a week over the next year, what if like you get that first job you apply to though? How does that work? Do you think? Just well, have they a say new you goal, should always, I think. Yeah. Well, they say you should always be applying to jobs. Oh, so take the job, <laughs> but then just keep it rolling. And then just keep applying. If, I mean, there might be something to that. If you just like committed to years of your life to never stopping applying for jobs, like eventually you would just kind of work your way up society's ladder until you're president, I think. I mean, would you though? Because if I saw someone hop jobs every like three weeks, I'd be like, well, I'm not hiring that person. Yeah, that. I guess that's probably a fair point. <laughs> Maybe you'd leave it Here's a question um, I was just talking to somebody about. Um, those people during the pandemic who like secretly had two jobs, mm-hmm. you, you know, that conundrum, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm working remotely. Well, I'm going to pick up a second job and not tell anybody. How do you think they work that with like their LinkedIn or their resume? Do you think, mm. what's the strategy there? You just leave one off, leave you off just, the most. You just pick one, I yeah, guess. The one that looks better and just roll with yeah, it. Yeah, at, at some point you're going to be quitting one of the two jobs probably. And I think you just don't update your LinkedIn until you only have the one. And then it's like, surprise, I had this other job the whole time. What are you going to do about it? Fire me? Psych. Uh, if you're still doing that, if you're one of those people, uh, let us know in the comments, please. I'm very curious about your story. Uh, Blackjack says, better quest, let's go. Um, the background of this better quest goal after a year working in a mall in Northeast Philadelphia, where one of my assistant managers got punched out by a random customer and several stores were robbed. I decided to be better prepared for emergency situations. I started training martial arts a few months ago for fitness and confidence, but now I want to take some actual classes in preparedness. So the goal is I'm taking a class offered by the American red cross to be first aid slash CPR certified by the end of September. I recently transferred back to the suburbs of New Jersey where things are less scary, but it's a crazy world out there and it's better to be prepared. I like that blackjack. I thought this was going into like, so I'm buying a handgun territory, but I like the idea of like martial arts mastery, but then also yeah. first aid. Yeah, master. I was a little worried and then it went to the right cross and I was like, oh, they go. Oh, it just God. got better like, and better. I thought this was going into like a prepper situation <laughs> where it's like, and I'm moving off the grid, selling right. all my assets and living in a hole. I thought they were just going to go full vigilante, which... Right. Uh, <laughs> Seattle had one for a while. We had like a superhero, quote unquote, who's obviously I I heard about that. didn't have like powers or anything that I know of, um, but like would actually dress up in a superhero costume um, with his girlfriend, I think, and like just go like find petty crime on the police radar and stop it. Like it was it was a weird situation. And then later he went to jail for something with drugs. And yeah, uh, believe it or not. But, yeah. Was it like <laughs> Batman style drugs though? Like in that new one where he like takes the speed at the end of the adrenaline to pump himself up. I wonder if it's like he needs like cocaine uh, to like fight crime or something. I don't know, but the superhero's superhero name was Phoenix Jones. If you want to look him up. That's good. It's type of thing where it's like, oh, that's an interesting story. I don't know if it's commendable. And it's like, I'm sure. Yeah, no, it's a very complicated, mm-hmm. like yeah. probably not good thing, but I don't know. There's, 
there's worse things to do with your life, I guess. I don't... I, I get that impulse, but also it's like, there are organizations that are less like, hey, look at me, where you could probably help out your city in a more practical sense with a group of people. Anyways, yeah. uh, we don't need to judge them too much. Anyways, uh, Seth writes in and they ask, is Chuck E. Cheese a mouse or a rat? I thought he was a mouse. I thought he was a mouse too. Seth says, turns out but he was a rat from 1977 until 1993. And then they changed him what? to a mouse in 1993. Why would you want to have a... Yeah, why would you want to have a rat mascot at your pizza place? Yeah. I, I mean, don't think rats had any good PR yet. Like, mm-mm. I think I feel like it's turning around a little bit now. People have pet rats. That's, like, yeah. a little bit more... Um, I'm sure they did back then, too, but it's a more, like, known thing. Do you think... Do you think it's the um, it's the size is the reason we like mice? Well, some people like mice. Or like mice are acceptable for like cartoon heroes and rats. Aren't. I thought it was just like the black plague misinformation oh. about the rats. Like rats tend to be bigger disease carriers. That could be than mice. Yeah, that makes sense. They're also bigger. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like if you took just the species of a rat and made it mouse size, and then made a mouse the size of a rat. Would that be flipped? Wouldn't and we'd that have then like, be a rat? And then wouldn't the mouse, yeah. the rat, be a mouse? Well, there's more differences in just the sizes, I'd imagine, like on some sort of genetic thing, on some sort of kingdom tree phylum thing. I don't know. We need to move on. John Lee writes in and says, all right, cohorts and contributors and conspirators, uh, time to go on the record. What game would you most like to do the deepest dive on? If you could do anything, Sarah, what would you pick, do you think? Brats Forever Diamonds. Rats for I'll do that with you. Diamonds. Thank you. Honestly, have at it. The airwaves are yours, please. <laughs> um, I think for me, and it seems weird that it, we haven't done it yet, but uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, I think, is the one that I'd be most eager to, to jump into. But they've been teasing this re-release for so long, so I've just been waiting for that. So uh, I'd like to do a like um, one of my favorite games that is like a very just kind of obscure one at least here in the west is a game called moon it came out for the ps1 in japan Mm -hmm. um and then came out here on switch finally got localized like a couple years ago it's a fascinating game it is like an the anti-rpg rpg um i guess i would consider it more of like an adventure game but it is framed very much like it's supposed to be an rpg um takes place in an rpg universe it's a really really interesting game and um i don't know i I think mostly I just want people to talk to about it. I don't know. <laughs> it's well, the we, deepest dive. I just want, we t- just want we to talked talk to about we about talked about doing it for the deepest dive when it was releasing on Switch, but I must not have connected you to it. Like I don't know. Did I reach out and talk to you about this? Because there don't were remember. I feel like I have mentioned it on this podcast before, but mm. I don't remember there ever being a deepest dive discussion about it. It might have just been like before I was on the podcast. Often, yeah, it was still like in that post Animal Crossing haze of we'd love to do more with Kelsey. Hopefully, we can find a way. Yeah. Um, but that's a good one for sure. Uh, what do y'all like for question of the week? Personally? Uh, oh, were you saying something, Kelsey? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I like the Just Dance one. <laughs> I, I mean, we, that generated maybe the most discussion out of any of these. And how often does somebody write in about Just Dance? I like the farming game Singularity. I, I you know, I think I'm kind of leaning Just Dance too. Because it's... I, I don't know. It's a. It feels like a, a random year to be getting into Just Dance. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. power to him. All right. Sarah, can you condone this? 
Yes. Rich Lynch, congratulations. We're shipping out a prize from I Am 8-Bit, or they are specifically. So get ready for that vinyl soundtrack. Thanks to everybody for writing in. Thanks for all, all these wonderful questions. Again, if you want to submit a question for us to answer on the show, um, and maybe even answer it before the show, because we've been answering some early questions as well, uh, if you're a Backstage Pass supporter. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash minimax with two ends. We'd appreciate it. Uh, now it's time for something that, of course, uh, you can't forget is called Get a Load of This. <laughs> Sorry for the visual layout, everybody. You'll understand. I didn't have the music chime. Anyway, it's not important. Um, let's see. Uh, Sarah, what do you got? Forget a load of this. Oh, I just got this during the middle of the podcast. Uh, the Sims 4 <laughs> is going to be free to play beginning October 18th. Oh. The base game of The Sims 4, not the expansion packs that you will still have to pay for. That's diabolical. It makes sense. I mean, it's kind of a sign, I guess, that they aren't making a new Sims, though. Like, if they're willing to open that one up in such a big way. I think they're just trying to make sure that they've got the money of everybody they could possibly get money from. Like, they're right. just trying to give you, like, a taste of what The Sims is. Because, honestly, The Sims 4 base game kind of sucks. It's not fun. Oh, really? Without every... It's not fun with expansions on it. It's very basic. It's very, you know, you don't have a lot to do. It's still... Well, I, mean, I can see a scenario where people are like, look, I could get into The Sims, but I gotta pay for the game, and then I gotta pay for mm -hmm. the expansions, and yep. if it's like... If it just becomes, yeah, let me just see what expansions I want to buy, then that's... I don't know. It's a little easier to swallow, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, get a load of this. Uh... Let's see, who is this Twitter user? There's a link below for all this stuff, but uh, Pierre-Loup Graffat tweeted out and says, as part of the Asia launch press event, we made the design lab into a showroom of development history. My favorite are the playable prototypes, bootable Steam Deck family tree units from mid-2019 to now. So it's my favorite thing where they're showing just the earliest versions of the Steam Deck and like how it evolved from 2019. And the fact that they all boot up is really cool. So, you know, I always love this type of transparency, and especially from a company like Valve just showing you like, eh, here's some weird old versions of this thing where it looks even more like a Game Gear, I guess is the best way to describe it, where it's more like rounded and they have like the gross Steam controller circular thingies on there as well. So there's a link below if you want to see that picture. But uh, Kelsey, do you have one? Yeah, so get a load of this. Um, today is the 21st anniversary of the launch of the GameCube in Japan. Oh, yeah. And uh, there is on on YouTube um, the entire press conference from E3 2001, where they're talking about a lot of the stuff coming to the GameCube later that year. Um, and it is, I don't know, it is truly just, it's a very pure press conference like people are just genuinely so excited about video games in this one in a way that like i feel like we've become a little jaded by now yeah um this is where they show off melee and the reaction from the audience in this and this is like e3 was much smaller at this point this is like a small mm -hmm. ballroom full of journalists and um like they are they are screaming and hooting and hollering and oh, it's uh, it's awesome. kind of fun to go back and, and listen to they're also really confused by ice climbers <laughs> they show off ice climbers as a playable character. Yeah, because like, it's like, is this like you can hear people in the audience go, "What?" Do you think it's based on like <laughs> the fact that there's two, or like on the IP of ice climbers? Oh, I think it's the IP. Yeah, like, ice climbers. I I think we have an inflated importance of ice climbers <laughs> as a game because right. they're in Smash Brothers. Right. That was like a nothing game. Like I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm yeah. just saying it was like a game that people did not care about on the NES. Like, I'm sure it was not a super popular game. I bet at some point, like in his Famitsu run or something, Sakurai has like talked about that, but I don't know if he was just a big fan or it was just like, what odd opportunities do I have from Nintendo's 
IP backlog, I guess that would be a weird one to have two characters. Yeah, in yeah. One. I mean, it's an in- it is an interesting character, and I wonder if that's why they were selected. But yeah. it is totally like a. I mean, this is a very random old NES game. It'd be like having. I don't even know if the like Clue Clue Land thing has a name, but like it'd be like having Clue Clue Land as a <laughs> as a character. It's it's clear. <laughs> um, by the way, how good is Zachary's YouTube channel, Kelsey? Are you watching that stuff? Not a lot yet, oh. but um, I'm. But I mean, like, I have it queued up, and okay. it looks amazing. Yeah, he doesn't uh, monetize in any way, and they're all like five minutes or under or something. So it would be fun just to have an evening at some point. I don't want to uh, plan an evening for you, but just like sit back and just like enjoy that entire playlist of all his stuff. It's like, it is a blast. Um, let's see from the community in the Discord. They get a load of this channel. Uh, Amos Dragon um, covers something that we didn't mention, which is that uh, the Judgment Games are available on PC now. Judgment and Lost Judgment from the Yakuza developers. Those games are now both on Steam, which wasn't there a whole thing about that? About like the actor or the agency that was covering the actor wouldn't allow those games to be on Steam because they didn't want them to be modded and that actor to be put in like a bunch of weird compromising crap or turned into Macho Man Randy Savage or whatever the hell. Like I feel like there was some hang up about that. Yeah, they got There's a lot the of hang-ups about why Japanese devs don't want to put their uh, games on PC, and a lot of it does have to do with modding. Yeah, so I'm glad they got over that, whatever it is. Um, all right, let's see. Coming up this week here at MinMax, um, I am going to be traveling to a preview event, which is going to be a little bit different for us, um, and I'll be able to talk about that game, I think, maybe next week. It, a lot of people were trying to guess, like, oh, it's going to be God of War Ragnarok or something huge. It's a smaller game than that. Somewhere in the middle, uh, but it's a game that I'm excited to yeah, learn more about and see, and, and uh, it'll be cool. So I'll be traveling for that, so I'll be out of commission, but we still have stuff going up on our YouTube channel. We have the deepest dive on Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. We have the first episode go live on Tuesday evening, technically, um, and that covers everything in the game up until you land on Crete. But if you uh, watch that on YouTube or you just unlock the podcast version of that in the bonus podcast feed of your Patreon supporter, it's just like a two-hour in-studio discussion about Indiana Jones. And hopefully it works as if you're a big Indiana Jones fan and you don't want to play that old adventure game from 1992, which you should because it rules, it turns out. Um, but it's just like a fun discussion about Indiana Jones and it'll sound just like a, a new adventure. So any feedback on that is appreciated. And you can always jump in and play the rest of Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. It's available for dirt cheap on Steam at Good Old Games. Um, and then you can submit your comments for the second half, the grand finale, which is happening next week on Monday. So we'll be collecting your comments on Sunday over on Patreon for the second half of The Deepest Dive, everybody. Um, then you can also unlock in the bonus podcast feed Party Chat, our Patreon-exclusive podcast, um, where we unpack all of the D20 announcements. We talk about X-Men and the MCU, debate how that's going to work. We talk even more about Splatoon 3 with the community and a bunch of other fun stuff. So thanks to everybody who unlocks that show each and every week. We enjoy it. Uh, Kelsey, you got something you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, you can listen to my podcast, Video Game History Hour, um, wherever you're getting this podcast, probably. Uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of all I've got going right this second. Yeah, it's an excellent podcast. Please check it out, everybody. Uh, Sarah, what do you got going on? I've got my podcast, which you can catch on twitch.tv slash Sarapods. <laughs> would you ever want to start your own podcast, Sarah? I don't know what I would talk about. You'd find something. I mean, you monologue nonstop for your Twitch streams. I mean, you could always find something to talk about. That's the podcast. Uh, okay. Everyone in the backstage past watching us live, they're saying podscast. 
of course. It's always been right there, but yeah, it'll mm -hmm. be interesting. Um, anyways, thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening to this big episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can always subscribe to the audio version on your favorite podcast app if you're just watching this on YouTube. And thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon, including everybody at the $50 tier, the Game Champion tier. They can choose any game under the sun to officially be declared the champion of, uh, including, Sarah, you might know this person, games.archer.com has declared themselves the champion of Clockknockers. Did you play that on Steam Secret Stash? No. Okay. All right. Well, they're the I'm champion of it. it was an epic night. That's right. Uh, Joe Dean is officially the champion of Hotel Dusk, Room 215. Is that a Kelsey game? I haven't played it, but I, okay. I own it. It's on my shelf over there. Somewhere it's one of those there. infinite backlog games. Awesome. Uh, Patrick Polk is officially the champion of Bayonetta 2. Very timely. Speaking of timely, E.N.T. Clark. I'm sorry, Kelsey. We called you the champion earlier, but it's not fair because E.N.T. Clark is the champion of Splatoon 3. Officially the greatest that ever was. Unbelievable. You can't argue with that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for jumping up to that game champion tier and claiming any game under the sun. Stay tuned. We have a bunch of exciting stuff coming up here at MinMax, including... I don't want to tease it too much, but a little tease. Maybe, maybe the world would wonder what would it look like if Kelsey Lewin had a show, a limited series show here at Min Max. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll find out soon. Stay tuned, everybody. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.